Rhino, he's not even an issue. I don't sweat Rhino. Are you ready? Yes, it's the Rhino. I just want the paper. I done came down so clean. I'm shining on the haters. Ain't none better than me. Paint wetter than he. 400 And out come Rhino. Rhino. I just want the paper. I done came down so clean. I'm shining on the haters. Ain't none better than me. Paint wetter than he. 400 Welcome back to a long overdue edition of the Rhino Wrestling Review brought to you by our friends at ProWrestling.com and also brought to you by Social Distancing, brought to you by Washing Your Damn Hands, You Nasties, and brought brought to you by uh, those of us who have uh, defeated the evil villain that is COVID-19. I'm your host, Dan Rhino, joined via Social Distancing Technology by Will Lewis. Hello. And Jason Calcibetta. What's up, everybody? Uh, Jason Calcibetta here for Rhino Wrestling Review Live. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. And of it's course, nice to know that we friend. didn't lose a step. Again, of course, our friend Brian Alvarez joining the show. What's up, guys? Anything uh, anything weird been going on lately? No, I'm just happy to be here via satellite right now. Uh, it's pretty cool. Why don't you know, we just technology. all get together and record? We should just all get together in the same place. Well, we're all really busy, so... We should all just yeah. get together, order a bunch of food, have a party. Sit six feet close to each other. Oh, like, Hold like, on. Yeah, breaking news just in. Uh, turns out the world's ending, Jason. Pandemic. Yeah, pandemic right 2020. Uh, so you guys, movie. you guys, by the way, are both essential employees. So my hats off to you. Uh, I'm, I'm a teacher, so I am not an essential <laughs> essential employee, and I'm even less than a teacher because I'm a librarian. So I'm even lower down on the, the totem pole. <laughs> who who would have thought they, we would be more important than you? Yeah, because they closed the bookstores now too. So everyone's just like, don't need books anymore. Oh, hold on. I didn't know bookstores were still open, like like still in existence. Well, like half price books. Remember, you guys frequent half price books. Remember Walden books? I at the, at the mall. Jamestown Mall. B Dalton. They used to have multiple bookstores in the mall. I would never go into B Dalton bookstores. I'm, I was a Walden. You're guy. a Walden guy. Yeah. For life. For life. <laughs> Walden's full life. I think they were owned by the same company, so I, I think you were. I think you were uh, ipso facto uh, supporting B. Dalton books. Yeah, I don't like that. One, what, one I, was discounted, one was not. Yeah, I just crushed your world. Yeah, I don't like it. But congratulations to you and uh, Mrs. Rhino mm-hmm. for defeating COVID nineteen. We did. Can we say yeah. that on the online. Like I, I know, like YouTubers aren't allowed to say co- like the coronavirus on their thing. Yeah, we'll just say it. Whatever. What's the What's yeah, the deal with that? Like you're not allowed to 
I, I heard that like people that are making masks and stuff and selling them, they're not allowed to use the words like coronavirus or COVID-19. You, you guys can't even use them in uh, any kind of like retail capacity? No, oh. we could use them. But you can't Go use ahead. it in any kind of... Uh, like for selling purposes or, or anything like that, I don't I don't understand what uh, how how this whole thing works. I've been very out of it for the last three weeks. I'm just kind of <laughs> getting yeah, back to, to semi normalcy. How dare you? Yeah, Dan, you need to pay attention more, dude. It it was bad. I uh, that's the reason we've been off for so long. I uh, March 23rd, I think. I woke up with a fever, woke up feeling a little crappy, thought it was just the flu, so I tried to ride it out for a couple of days. Went and got a flu test, that was negative. Uh, When that was negative, I had all the symptoms of COVID-19, so I got a test uh, the next day. Uh, Three days later, I found out I had tested positive, and uh, my wife had actually had symptoms about three days before me, so pretty sure she gave it to me, so her fault. Way to go, Jess. She, she, you can blame her forever. She is patient zero. Mm-hmm. And she as she's uh, dropping barbs from the other room now, <laughs> cl- claiming that she is not patient zero. But we can confirm here on the Rhino Wrestling Review that my wife did uh, start the pandemic, at least here in the Midwest. She is the yeah, uh, no initial problem. carrier. I knew it. I'm just glad and you now, guys uh, haven't gotten sick, man. Now, what uh, what did that test involve? I heard that was pretty evasive. Uh, well, they take this, uh, the largest Q-tip known to man, <laughs> they shove it up your nostril, to, oh, and they do not stop until they have tickled your brain a little bit. <laughs> it, it's very similar to that episode of The Simpsons where Homer shoves the crayon up up his nose. It's It was very yeah, similar to that. a genius. Uh, why did I become a genius? I became... It was so weird because it hurt, and then it didn't hurt anymore, and that worried me a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) That maybe they had swabbed a little bit of my brain cells, and that, uh, like, my pain receptors had been turned off. You, like, Uh, suddenly forgot how to do math? mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I forgot about that when I stopped being a teacher, so... Oh, okay. (laughs) So, it was about two weeks of hell, about a half a week of just feeling kind of crappy... And now I'm feeling pretty good, but I have not been able to smell or taste anything for 16 days. No big deal. That's what they say. It'll come back. Yeah, it'll come back eventually. It's just like like I said before, just use this time to eat any like all those bad schnooks pieces that you want. Well, whoa, whoa, J- Jason whoa. told me that I looked uh, kind of <laughs> skinny. I do feel like I'm like. You look skinny. I feel like I'm sunken in a little bit. I don't like it. Let me see that uh, ab V line that you got going on. Probably. I'll, sh- I'll, sh- I'll show you that later. Ooh. I'll just send, I'll just, I'll just send you junk pictures. Like, oh, I, did I go down too low? Too low? Sorry about too, that. Too too far. <laughs> well, hey, uh, speaking of uh, too far, let's talk about WrestleMania. Oh. Yeah, that that wasn't a very smooth transition. But guys, WrestleMania uh, took place, and it took place in front of an empty crowd at the Performance Center in Orlando. It took place over two nights. First of all, let's just get your general reactions. Did you guys uh, give WrestleMania as a whole thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle? Jason Calzabetta, what were your overall uh, reactions to WrestleMania before we break down the card? 
I enjoyed WrestleMania. So I thumbs, feel like up. A... <laughs> thumbs, thumbs up. Thumbs up for Mr. Calcibetta. Of course. Of course. Thumbs up. Were you pleasantly surprised by WrestleMania, or was it kind of so, what you expected it to be? So I went in with zero expectation, because I... Just with no crowd, no nothing, I expected bare minimum. And I thought we got a little more than bare minimum. So to me, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, Will, what, Will, what about you? Thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs in the middle? Um, actually, yeah, thumbs up for me. Uh, watched it over. Actually, I watched it all in one day. So, I mean, the two-night thing didn't work for me because <laughs> I had to be at work consistently. <laughs> That's not uh, how we enjoy WrestleMania. Yeah. We, we have to watch all. eight hours all together. <laughs> I know, but I watched it all on Sunday. Um, I went in with zero expectations just because everything on WWE programming from weeks, like since all this stuff started, has just been awful. Like the crowd, I think I made a statement earlier. We'll talk about this later. Wait a minute uh, now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Like I think Vince isn't think happy. WWE. Mr. Mr. McBossman isn't happy. No, I think WWE wrestling is almost unwatchable without a crowd. Um, but WrestleMania was good. I, I came away happy. I was. I felt the same. I'm a. I'm a thumbs up on this WrestleMania. I was really. I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> I am. So we agreed. Proud of you guys. We were shitting That's on not it real hardcore before it all happened, though. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like. I'm I'm with you guys. I didn't know what to expect. I, I, with with no crowd, with it being in the performance center, with that gigantic metal fan that didn't seem to, with that didn't seem to do anything. That fan was spin so slow. I think it was just like to suck up like the smoke. Like if uh, like if people were like lighting up a dart in the performance center. I think it's like one of those fans that like you see at like the bars that still allow smoking i don't see how that fan could cool down anything so i'm sure the competitors were were very uh warm in there but there was less bodies in there as well and less uh stinky wrestling fans so it it is possible that it uh it kind of just balanced itself out but man i i thought that they did a heck of a job of of presenting i thought everybody worked super hard which i it's probably kind of hard you got to imagine it's kind of hard to get motivated in front of an empty arena when it's it's this environment is just so like cold and calculated in the fact that you know that this match is going to be edited you know that if you make a mistake they could take it out so you know do you think that kind of like steals your your mojo a little bit and i'm not talking about uh uh your favorite mojo mojo raleigh uh. Mojo Raleigh! I'm sure we'll talk about him in just a second. But you got to think that it kind of like takes you know some of your energy out a little bit. But I thought everybody worked extremely hard. I, I enjoyed most of the matches. And I really enjoyed the two pre-taped kind of gimmick matches that we got both nights uh, as well that we're going to talk about. I thought those were very well done. I thought the, the production value of those was, was fantastic. Uh, particularly the... Uh, Bray Wyatt John Cena match that I really really enjoyed uh, the way that they presented that but uh, let's get into the card first thing I want to talk uh, talk to you guys about Jason I'm going to ask you who is your favorite Wrestlemania host ever and why is it Rob Gronkowski Uh, it's Rob Gronkowski because 
He's terrible? That doesn't make any sense, because <laughs> Rob Gronkowski is amazing, and I thought he did a heck of a job. Uh, he, he, uh, he was dancing, he wore sunglasses, he won the 24-7 title. So you set me up for failure, because wasn't Hogan the host last year? Well, I think Alexa Bliss was, but she oh, brought okay. out Hogan. But yeah, yeah Alexa uh, Bliss pro- probably should have hosted this year. Gordo Batman's a better wrestler, and it's not Alexa Bliss. So. Whoa! Oh, 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 sorry, Will. Oh, oh. yikes! That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the listeners are not going to be able to know whether that's Jason really saying that's not true or me putting <laughs> pressing the drop on the soundboard. That's not true. There you go. <laughs> It so, is true. He's, he's hitting it right out. So, uh, Will, uh, what were your impressions of Rob Gronkowski? Why was he there, and why did you love it? Uh, Dan, I believe there is a specific drop um, in there for Rob Gronkowski, because I believe he was the... It's all the perfectly roasted, endless uh, prime rib you could yeah, ever want. <laughs> prime he rib. the worst. The worst. Yeah, Rob, he sucks, man. God, he's, he's so yeah. bad. He's just... Like, if I wanted a douchier Mojo Raleigh, I would have asked for a douchier Mojo Raleigh. And now... <laughs> and now I have dos Mojo Raleigh's on my TV. And who thought that you could get any worse than Mojo Raleigh? But it turns out you can. And it's Rob Gronkowski. Get Gowski. hyped, Dan! Get hyped! I don't want to! I just had... I just, I, beat coronavirus i can't get too high my lungs yeah, are, yeah. my lung capacity still is the world. yeah you got to keep that hypeness down for a little while now you don't want to over over hype yourself um also i thought it was pretty funny that mojo raleigh was playing babyface and heel at two points in the two days he was he, he was babyface mojo raleigh yep that guy mojo raleigh but he was babyface Mojo Rally. He was the hype man, and then he came out with his stupid shatter thing on when he was going for the twenty four seven championship. He had to try out all the different characters to see if if uh, the crowd reacted to any of them, and it turns out the crowd didn't react to any of them. Ah, uh, but there was no crowd. No. Do you think Do you think the crowd didn't show up because they knew Rob Gronkowski was hosting? I mean, that's what I would assume. I would assume so too. Jason Sane. Jason Sane. That's not true. That's not true. Uh, Jason, your boy Dave Meltzer decided not to rate the matches because he felt that... He's being lazy. Well, I don't know if he's being lazy. Uh, he di- types. He does like 100,000 words a week you know, or some, some horse shit like that. I'm proud <laughs> of recognizing his accomplishments, Dan. Well, you know... He's a friend of the show, as is... How's it going, everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are. We gave uh, Meltzer a horny award last year, and Brian Alvarez is a regular guest on the show, so I don't know why you think I'm so anti uh, the Wrestling Observer. I don't, I don't understand. I'm a big fan. One of the three of us. Yep. You are one of the three people that subscribes to the Wrestling Observer. <laughs> But Meltzer decided not to rate the matches because of the taped aspect. I, I yeah. He said something about uh, he didn't feel that it was fair 
because you know if somebody botched a move it could be edited out the thing is though you know like those saturday night main event matches that that i used to watch growing up all those matches were taped you know they were in front of a crowd but a lot of those matches they if there was a botch in there they would edit it out and he would still rate those matches so i was kind of it it kind of uh, confused me a little bit about why he still didn't feel like he could rate these matches. Uh, and I, am I like looking into it too much here? I mean, I, I, I always think you look into that stuff too much, but that's not true. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it's just, it's just a different time from what you, you reference there. Saturday night's main event was a lot different from what it is now. And, uh, I mean, for a lot of the matches that we saw, it was a lot better than what you would expect, I think, personally. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, if it was me, I would have a lot of trouble going out there with no fans, you know. So, well, we do this think, podcast with no fans. We don't have any problem doing that. Consistently. <laughs> we've, done we got, over, we've got a couple of listeners. We've done over 100 episodes of this podcast with no fans. I think right. we do. Ju- I think we do just fine. That's I wonder not how true. much editing they actually had to go back in and do on the on the matches themselves. I, I was kind of much... wondering about that too. I, I I hadn't heard any reports or anything like that, but you figured that some of that stuff would have got leaked out, like so and so botched this move and you know broke their ankle or something like that. So they went back and taped it up, and then they came back and finished the match. Or, but I, right. I didn't hear I, anything like that coming out. Uh, you think it'd be kind of hard to to I don't know you do you think it'd be kind of hard to do uh, as far as like editing you know matches like that on the fly or saying or somebody does somebody come out and say like cut you know and then they reset you know like a movie studio I it, uh, I just can't um, even imagine that happening like because I I would feel that the edits would be noticeable if with, with, with just with the pace of the match I think like starting and stopping the matches like you can tell on Raw and SmackDown that they stop wrestling when they go to the commercial break yeah because <laughs> they they come back and they're not sweaty or I think I saw it this past week um, like they stopped and then when they came back Oscar was completely standing still with a chair that she was about to pick up and then she started running forward (laughs) like it was a very small slip up but i I would imagine it would be a pretty noticeable that the that it would be edited hey jason are they uh going to back to live shows in in the near future is that that i did did you send me that article that they i think that raw and smackdown are gonna they're not going to be pre-taped something about like the contracts they have to have a certain number of live shows every every year for USA and Fox. Yeah, it sounds from what I read that we're only allowed a three taped shows per year, and that was with Christmas being one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it sounds like Vince himself is the one that said we're gonna do it. So, Wait a minute now. Not here in the World Wrestling Federation, and certainly not on Monday Night Raw. So that's going to be interesting, because if if they're going to be going to live shows, and they're going to be doing commercial breaks, are they just going to just, like, get the stools out, like, in between, like, rounds of a UFC fight, like, when they go to commercial, and and everybody just sits down and takes a a blow, maybe smokes a cigarette? (laughs) 
I, I, that's what they have that fan there. For. I don't know, brother. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I'm live wrestling is to me just seems so much more important than tape wrestling. But I understand the climate that we're in right now, and I'm not going to get greedy with wrestling. I'm just glad we're getting any kind of wrestling, honestly, right now, because there's just not a lot out there. Our beloved XFL has seemingly has uh, bit the dust that the uh, snake, uh, the snake bitten XFL that was actually seemed like they had figured things out 20 years after the initial incarnation, and uh, seemingly. Uh, just can't catch a break and uh, COVID-19 has claimed another victim apparently in the XFL um, I don't know what about the other major sports Jason I know you were telling me that there's some talk about starting the baseball season potentially next month and maybe doing like seven inning double headers in like empty stadiums yeah. um, are they are all the are all the games would take place like in Arizona or something like that um, I just I don't know, man. We're, we live in weird times, so I'm glad we get any kind of uh, wrestling at all. So, do you guys think wrestling is essential? Is the key thing that we get to? Entertainment currently is an essential service in media. So yeah, I would say that. Then why is wrestling exempt when everyone else is not? Is my question. I don't know. I guess you can kind of because you can can kind of control. Uh, the environment a little bit more you know when the thing that worries me about the the major the four major sports coming back is that all it takes is one person in a, in, on that locker room in that locker room to get sick and then your whole team is down I mean it, that this virus is so you know people say that it's like the flu but it's so much easier to catch than the flu and we, we keep hearing you know new things every day about how you know, uh, the the six feet thing uh, for social distancing might not even be far enough now. They're saying that like these germs can travel like up to 13 feet with a cough, which I guess everybody's coughing like metahumans now. I don't see, <laughs> I don't I don't see if if you couldn't spit that far, I don't see how you could like how your cough could get could get, could, uh, get carried that far. But all it takes yeah, is yeah, one you person. They don't have the lung capacity to do that anymore. Dude, I don't. I don't have the lung capacity to make it through the show. I I may just pass out. If you see me <laughs> just pass out, just keep going. Don't call nine one one or anything. Uh, just keep going. Finish the show. You want us to take over? Like, yeah, you just, want me to take the lead? Yeah, I would What's think so. Just a, te- a text message or something. I would think so, and then just send me the audio later. Like, hey, everybody, this is the Impact Wrestling Reviews. I'm out. <laughs> Jay, uh, Will Lewis has left the conversation. <laughs> well, hey, guys, let's talk some WrestleMania. We started off the first night. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross taking on the Kabuki Warriors for the women's tag team titles. And it would be Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross winning those tag team titles in a little over 15 minutes. What did you guys think of the match, and uh, what do you guys think of the title change? Will, why don't you go first? Well, you know me. I'm a sucker for anything with Alexa Bliss in it. Uh, but, I mean... Oh, stop it. That's Man. not true. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, but, I mean, I thought it was fine. I thought it was a strange match to open up WrestleMania with. I feel like it should have been more of like a filler, like in the middle. Uh, That's high praise. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was fine. Um, Nikki Cross carried a lot of that match, is from what I saw. And then Alexa Bliss came in at the last second and got the pin, which I thought was a little weird. 
Um, I think he could have given the pin to Nikki Cross, and I think it would have suited her a lot more than it would have been for Alexa Bliss. But it was good. I thought it was wrestled wrestled pretty well on both sides. Jason, they had a rematch on SmackDown this past week, and Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss were victorious once again. So this tag team of the Kabuki Warriors that was seemingly unbeatable, I think they had the title since like October or something like that. Now all of a sudden they've lost back-to-back matches. Does that spell signs that we could be seeing a breakup? We saw Asuka in a singles match also on SmackDown. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that means that the Kabuki Warriors have kind of run their course. Are we going to start seeing these two in some singles feuds? Or are we going to see these two in a feud with one another? What do you think we see going forward? Uh, well, I think when you say unbeatable, you got to be honest and realize they've only defended the titles maybe three or four times. Yeah, but they still didn't get beaten. So technically, I mean, you're right, Dan, you're right. And I mean, to be fair, Asuka has been one of the empty arena MVPs Mm -hmm. by far. That's true. She's one of the ones that makes the empty arena shows worth watching between commentary, between wrestling, between both. You know, would you but say I, that uh, I, would you say that Oscar's been actually uh, doing some of the her better work recently over, over the last couple months? Because it, you know, we always talk about how she really lost her momentum when she lost that match to Charlotte at WrestleMania, and then once the streak was gone, that was the kind of the aura of Oscar was gone. Would you say that she's kind of you know stepped up her game a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, honestly. Asuka's one of the better ones right now. And I think, uh, personally, the women's division could use a shot in the arm between the five or six regulars that we consistently see. Uh, but but I think Asuka coming back from, you know, everyone shit on her booking for the long, longest time. And, you know, now she's back, and she's probably one of our focal points mm-hmm. of... Of these empty arena shows, you know, I hate to say SmackDown, but she's been on every show you can imagine. Well, uh, Alexa and Nikki Cross, it looks like they are uh, heading into a big matchup next week on SmackDown against Carmella and Dana Brooke. Will, what do you think uh, about that big matchup? What? Uh, great. It's great. Like, if, if you advertise that match, I think... You would have an empty arena match anyway, because I don't think anybody would show up. I know, and you know me, I always love seeing Mandy Rose wrestle in a ring, or Dana Brooke. Uh, they're the same person, guys. I don't, like, I, hold on. That's not true. <laughs> they're the same person. Uh, God, there are there, there's no other tag teams. I Like, you got the Kabuki Warriors, you've got uh, the Iconics, you have, who Falling off the face of the earth. Are they still uh, on, the, on the roster? Yeah, they're still on the Who? roster. Exactly. <laughs> I I miss Peyton Royce dearly. Um, and then you've got Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Mojo Raleigh. Mojo Raleigh's a man. Mojo Raleigh. <laughs> Nikki Chris. He's manish. And that's it. That's the only three tag teams that are like legit tag teams. Uh, I believe I just mentioned Carmella and Dana Brooke. So those are the only three tag teams. That are <laughs> legit tag teams. <laughs> uh, the next match was a big one as Elias took on Baron Corbin, Jason, and this match went nine minutes. 
Uh, would you say this match was eight minutes too long? <laughs> I would not. I thought it was pretty good for a filler match. Oh, you said that's that not true. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Dude, this God, this is this was bad. This was really bad. I the fact that this match came after uh, the Alexa and Nikki defeating the Kabuki Warriors. I'm just like this made Alexa and uh, Nikki and the Kabuki Warriors seem like Steamboat Savage at WrestleMania three. This is so just did you not awful. Buy into, you know, Elias came back from getting choke slammed off the second deck of mm-hmm. the performance center. He's I, very Brazilian, by the way. Yeah. He's very Brazilian? He's <laughs> Brazilian. What does that mean? Bra- no, he's Brazilian. I get Brazilian. it. Bra- Brazilian people are tough. He's very tough. I get it. Okay, now I get the... <laughs> No, he, now I get the I get the metaphor, I, and he also has a Brazilian wax in his he nether does region. Have that. Probably, but no, he got thrown off for that. What was that? What would you say? That's two stories. That two-story tower. Or at least ten stories. Ten stories. Throw some K tape on that shoulder and get out there. And yeah. Wrestle. <laughs> Shit it and get it. Yeah. Um, okay. I I do like that. Baron Corbin uh, on the the stage of stage stages the night of nights the night of champions the night of the immortals WrestleMania oh, that's a different that's a different uh, pay per view night oh, of champion okay sorry he, <laughs> Baron Corbin went out there in a freaking t shirt and some chinos and put on a match with Elias I was like it just it just makes me so angry. That he just he, he wrestles in a t-shirt at WrestleMania. He wore his crown. Yeah, and he, he wears like with... he wears the cape, and he wears like a t-shirt underneath it. That's not how kings dress. He hit him with the deep six. That is a pretty cool move, Jason. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I've heard. Jason and I are chatting during uh, during that match, and I'm just crapping all over Baron Corbin, and then he hits the deep six, and we both. At the same time, say that's a pretty cool move. <laughs> <laughs> so Elias is totally winning money in the bank next month, and he's totally gonna turn the briefcase into a guitar case. I'm just saying. God damn it! So, I'm in. Or Baron Corbin is gonna win again. And no. last time, now hold on. Last time, guys, he won. He was. You guys saw it live here in St. Louis. He was. He had a very successful run. He can't. He was very over with the crowd. He cashed in that money in the bank successfully and had a really memorable world title run. Jason hit him with that. That's not true. Well, thank you. <laughs> oh, this just then, uh, he was the drizzling shits with the money in the bank briefcase and so bad that he unsuccessfully uh, cashed in that money in the bank briefcase. And then uh, they gave him a different gimmick, a king gimmick, to try to get him over, and it's still not working. I wouldn't say not working. What is that? What are you talking about? What do you like about hey, Baron Corbin? It's it's fine. That's, he's a good no. He's a good kingy heel. He, that's not he true. He is a good heel. I think. It's oh. Okay. I got, I'm the only one speaking any kind of sense here. <laughs> Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? I don't get it. I don't get you guys. You, you millennials. 
That's true. That is true. We are millennials. We're not that Dan, far apart. Dan still... almost hit end call here, I'm pretty sure. Oh, my uh, my arrow is very close to hitting end call. By <laughs> the way. Like, I just need to move that over, guys. by the way. Uh, speaking of another match that I just did not get into, Shayna Baszler challenging Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, this yeah, match yeah. went eight and a half minutes. Um, I could hear it in both of your voices. There's a little bit of cringe there. Uh, man, this match, for all the buildup that this match had, this match started with literally Shayna Baszler ripping a chunk of the neck out of the neck of Becky Lynch. And then it ends up with uh, a finish that we've seen on NXT before. I believe it's the same way that Kyrie Sane defeated Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Title. Twice. Where, where uh, Shayna Baszler has her opponent in the rear naked choke, and then they roll over the top of her and pin her shoulders to the mat. That's how this match ends that has been built up for months. Shayna Baszler winning the Royal Rumble just to lose the same way that she usually does. Uh, with that same kind of flip-over pin. Uh, Will, general take on this match? Um, I, I just did, like, for for it being one of the more interesting feuds going into WrestleMania, man, it really fizzled, like, go, like at, at WrestleMania. That match was boring. Um, I didn't, like, it was, it was wrestled fine, but it was a lot of, like, I'm going to put you in my finisher, then you're going to escape and put me in your finisher, like back and forth finishers the entire time. No, we're, we're not talking uh, about Brock and Drew. We're talking about Shayna Baszler taking on the yeah. match. Like these are two people who have put on good matches before. We know that they can go, but they were literally just like. That's not true. It's debatable on Shayna Baszler. What's your favorite Shayna Baszler match? Uh, the last one? <laughs> Her works Bianca Belair because you guys all love Bianca Belair. God, no. Uh, but but I felt like this match just kind of fizzled, and then we had that. It's just a really bad ending. So in the last two WrestleManias, Becky Lynch has pinned the person who she's wrestling against and not submitted them, and her that's literally her finisher. Like she pinned Ronda Rousey, now she pinned Shayna Baszler. It's just boring. It was boring with a bad ending. Uh, Jason Will said that it was one of the more interesting feuds uh, leading into WrestleMania, and I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Uh, I, thought, I, saw the look, I saw the look on your face, and you were like, are you serious right now? Boy. I thought it was. Becky had a so, truck. Well, you had your chance to talk. We saw, truck, uh, we, saw, we saw Elton John Becky come out. We saw truck driver Becky come out. We saw all the different cosplay Beckys come out over the last several weeks. Jason, were you looking forward to seeing this match? Did it meet your expectations? So I was looking forward to this feud when it was originally announced. Then as the feud played out, it kind of... My expectations went downhill every week. You're right. You're right. It went downhill every week. I don't think they had another card in the arsenal, though. They did what they could with what they had, if that makes sense. Uh, did you say another car in the arsenal? Like she was supposed to not have a truck? <laughs> or or another card, like the Queen of Spades card. Hey. The That's good. They can't. The viewers can't see that, Dan. 
I'm, I'm making a uh, vagina symbol with yeah. my hand. Yeah. Self high five. Oh no, I was trying to do the the Ace of Spades uh, symbol, and it just yeah, ended up looking like a vagina. Work. That doesn't work on a podcast. Oh well, that. Then why well, am why I why am I camera? naked then? Why do I have a camera on me? Why am I all? Because you, you just survived the Chinese virus. Why am I? All... Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> just to quote our uh, our commander in chief, uh, why am I all covered in baby oil then? If this if is people aren't able to see like you. because I'm lonely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's good enough for me. So all where right. where do we go from here? Because they were kind of hinting on Raw this week that this feud is not over. Becky kind of cut, cutting a promo and Shayna kind of cutting a, a similar promo that this feud is not over. I I honestly think that they just need to cut their losses and move on to something else. I think that the Shayna Baszler experiment... Listen, I, kn- I know why she's there in the first place. She was there to appease Ronda. Ronda's not there anymore, and I don't know. And we got an email about that. I don't know if Ronda's ever coming back. We don't have to appease Ronda anymore. I think that the the Shayna Baszler experiment just needs to just stop. I I don't think she's interesting. I don't think that she's uh, good as you know the badass heel. I just don't. I don't think that she's good on the mic. I think that her matches are passable at best, and I really don't think that she needs to be in in a, a main event feud on one of your top shows and it just man it just goes to show i think something that will talked about earlier or maybe it was jason i have still have uh, coronavirus <laughs> kicking around in my brain but one of you was talking about how the the women's division needs a little bit of a boost and becky just has not found her steamboat yet you know she has not rick flair has not found her steamboat yet. it's fucking charlotte but we're tired of seeing it yeah, that's the only one. That's the that's and the that's only a, one. And I thought Sasha was going to be it, but then Sasha got hurt, and then they kind of abandoned that. I think they're going to go back to Asuka now. I think that they're going to build back up to that. But uh, with the issue with Shayna Baszler now is that like she lost her debut match or her debut pay per view match. So why does would she ever get a rematch? Like why would Becky Lynch ever be like? Okay, cool. I'll give you another shot. Because she has a ruthless aggression. No, it's not that era anymore. It's like it's like she's done. She lost her match, and she she got pinned. She didn't submit. She didn't give up. Like she didn't like it wasn't just like a throw in the towel finished or anything like that. She got pinned. So where do we go from here, Jason? Are we going to see these where two? Where uh... from here? Uh, I think you see them again at Money in the Bank. I cool. think uh, Shayna gets another shot to uh, give it a sh- I mean, give it a shot. I'm not happy with. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not happy where the first round went either. So you you said yourself you don't think Shayna is a good heel. On the main roster, what do you want for Shayna? Because I think I just want her to just leave. Her. Just go home, maybe. So that's not a real option. Just go pick, pick a different sport to do. Go like take up rowing or something like that. Spelunking. That's that's not a real option. Okay. You well, that, then I don't have an answer for you. As is usual, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I think we're I. They wouldn't have cut those promos on Raw if we weren't going to continue to see this. And 
I just I I don't see how they make this any better. I I really I really don't know. Uh, let's move on to Daniel Bryan challenging for the Intercontinental Title. Daniel Bryan with Drew Gulak in his corner taking on Sami Zayn. Uh, with Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. And there was a lot of shenanigans in this match. There was this one point where Drew Gulak took out Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro for about 10 minutes. They were just on the other side of the <laughs> of the barricade. They just got thrown over. And apparently they knocked their heads and knocked themselves unconscious. Because they were out of it for about 10 minutes. Uh, before they came back and actually... Uh, cost Daniel Bryan the match. Daniel Bryan dominated the majority of this match, and it was entertaining for what it was. But man, it seemed like this match seemed like it went on a long time. Sami Zayn didn't really seem like he was involved in this match, other than just getting twisted up like a pretzel by Daniel Bryan before finally getting that haluva kick when Daniel Bryan was coming off, off the top rope. That was really the only thing of interest that that Sami Zayn did in this match. Uh, Jason, were you entertained by this match, and did you like the outcome of Sami Zayn holding on to the title? So, I was entertained by this match going in because it should have been two of the best in a pure wrestling match, and it was not. A couple of former Ring of Honor guys. Yeah, I I mean, let's be honest, two... You know, I told you guys I was excited for Gulak Cesaro. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool, cool. And then they got six minutes on a pre-show. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, never mind. So, and I think uh, Cesaro, or I'm sorry, Daniel O'Brien and Sami Zayn should have been a 20-minute pure wrestling match. Just let them roll. No bullshit. You know, because we know they can both go, especially Brian, especially... Even though we haven't seen Sami Zayn wrestle in God knows how long, we all know he can go, you know, especially when the lights are on. But no, they decided to, you know, mess it up with his group and all that stuff. I just think it was booked wrong, personally, especially for WrestleMania. Will, so you are the uh, the uh, resident Sami Zayn fanboy on this panel. What did you think of the match? Um, so I agree with Jason. I thought it, uh, I I thought there was a lot of just ran, like a lot of bullshit that went on during the match that kind of took away from it. But like, if you can cut out, if you cut the fat off of a steak and then you just, with all the perfectly roasted endless prime rib you could ever want. Exactly. But if you're cutting a steak, you cut the fat off and then you, you grill it. Um, and it's still pretty good. And I thought the match was pretty good. I thought, um, given more time and not as much outside shenanigans i thought they would have probably had the best match of the night uh but i mean daniel bryan and Sami Zayn were way in like they were like the when they would trade offense they were hitting each other pretty hard like it didn't seem like a, your normal your normal wwe wrestling it seemed like they wanted to go back to that kind of ring of honor style that they've been used to before um and then of course Sami Zayn won so I go home happy because he's the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. So that's not true. true. Either him or the honky tonk man or Santino Morello. Ooh, I forgot about Santino. Yeah. One of the, one of those three. Yeah. Well, I don't know, man. Do you think, uh, Daniel Bryan, I, I know he's got a, another baby on the way with his wife, uh, Bree. Do you think that 
Daniel Bryan is going to start working a lighter schedule? Do you think this is this loss kind of is going to precipitate the fact that we might see a little less of him in the near future and maybe just on uh, special occasions? Probably. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure there's a lot of wrestlers out there right now that have families and whatnot that want to take a break just because of the, you know, what's going on in the in the world right now. Um, and it was it was very weird to see Daniel Bryan take a pin, especially on WrestleMania's stage. Um, I thought that was, especially with Sami Zayn. I think Sami Zayn won his last match maybe like two years ago, mm-hmm. um, or whatever the case was. But um, I think. Daniel Bryan will take some time off. I'm not sure when, but I don't. The feud's not over. I know that for sure. Well, uh, let's move on to a match that did not disappoint. It was a triple threat ladder match. That is a triple threat, one on one on one for the SmackDown mm. Tag Team Championships. As six people in the ring. No, no, no. Oh, uh, it, was, it was three people in the ring for the tag that team titles. Doesn't make sense. Like, it's making my brain hurt. But Kofi Kingston and Jimmy Uso both challenging John Morrison for Miz and Morrison's uh, SmackDown Tag Team titles. Now, the reason this match took place, Jason, was it because Miz was feeling under the weather and was sent home? That's what they tell us on the dirt sheets. Apparently, the Miz is the reason why we got Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. Boo! Damn it, Miz. Yeah, I'm not. I'll never watch Miz and Mrs. again. Not that I did. <laughs> well, these these guys went 18 and a half minutes. Nobody in the crowd, and they are just throwing their bodies all yes. around with some vicious bumps, some big time spots. I thought this was as good as we'd seen. Uh, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Impact. I thought this was as good as we've seen him in the last few years. The, the, what are this, you trying this, to say? This, well, the, the, I don't, I don't mean that in a, in a, a uh, backwards. Maybe I do kind of mean it in a backwards compliment kind of. Way. <laughs> but th- these types of matches are tailor made for his style, don't you think, Jason? Parkour. 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 <laughs> Now, the three of us are all uh, big proponents and big uh, practicer, uh, practice, practicers <laughs> of parkour. Uh-huh. Uh, you, the three of us, we go to parks and stuff and, and just parkour yeah. all over the place. Well, so not we, anymore. Well, yeah. Thanks, COVID-19. Right. Can't even go outside anymore. But uh, So we are very familiar with the style that Johnny uh, Mundo, Nitro, Impact, Morrison wrestles. And I yes. think I think we kind of gravitate toward that a little bit because of how uh, big in the parkour scene the three of us are. Correct, and we all know, like Dan, you're very big on flippy dippies, mm-hmm. and uh, you don't you don't conform to your traditional style of wrestling like me and Jason. Right. But, I don't really um, like like telling a story, wrestling psychology. I don't like things like I just like to see uh, Cirque du Soleil b- bullshit. You're a huge fan of kip ups for just the sake of kip ups. Right. And, yeah. and attempted or, kip-ups in uh, Lacey yeah. Evans. <laughs> but, man, uh, Will, this match, to me, I thought uh, 
they really went all out. I I just couldn't believe the the lengths they were going to in front of an empty crowd. And I know there was millions of people watching at home on the on the various platforms, whether it's WWE Network or Pay Per View or Fight TV. But man, they they really outdid themselves, and Morrison retains the titles for his uh, for his team. Yeah, no, I thought it was a really good match. Um, still was really kind of put off by the whole fact that it was a tag team match with only three people, or a tag team ladder match with three people. Uh, but I think every single person that was in that match was the right person to be there. Um, that made the match very interesting. Although you could have probably swapped out Jimmy with Jay. And, and nobody would have known. Nobody would have no. known. Um, which I still... he. Despite him being a very athletic wrestler, both of them, they can't do a splash off the top rope. Like, he barely, he just kind of, like, falls over. It just doesn't look good. Um, Hot take! Wow, throwing shade. It bothered bothered me when I saw it. Um, But there was that controversial ending at the end. A lot of the uh, internet wrestling community was pretty upset about it. Because, uh, what was it, Jimmy... Or Jay? Who knows? Jimmy. Jimmy. James. And Jimothy. Kofi Kingston were, they both lifted the belts off of the thing. And then Johnny pulled them off of there. So technically, Jimmy and Kofi should be the tag team champions, if I was going to say it. But a lot of people were actually kind of upset about how it ended. It was a which weird I thought. It was, it was a weird ending. It was a weird yeah. ending. And the fact that they could have reshot. A different ending and didn't made me think that they were okay with with the ending. Uh, Jason, were you okay with the way it ended, or do you think it was a little uh, uh, skeptical at best? I think it was a little colluvid. You know, I think it was Kalua? a little too much. Colluvid? <laughs> it's pronounced COVID. Yeah. No, that's what you had. Oh yeah. Okay. He survived. <laughs> Still can't smell or taste anything. That's why you look so fucking skinny right now. Yeah. Looking like like when, when Dana Brooke disappeared for a few months and she came back and her face was all sunken in. She came back yeah, and none Brooks. of us like that. But no, I, I, I just think uh, it was it was a fantastic match, but the ending was uh a little bit too much. It was definitely overbooked, in my my opinion. But I, I think the right guy won in the end because I think Miz and Morrison. Hey hey. Ho oh, ho. Oh. Miz and Morrison. <laughs> hey, hey hey. Hey Ho oh, ho. Uh, <sighs> I think that I think the right guy won in the end. But I think what Will mentioned, uh, you know, the other two taking it off the thing and. And then, you know, Morrison falls, literally just back falls onto a ladder like, hey, these are mine. <laughs> and taking a, taking a bump for no reason. Right. He's like, watch this, parkour! <laughs> They're like, bro, you're not an impact anymore. You don't have to do that. No, 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 watch what? this, parkour! <laughs> watch me flat back bump on this ladder. Watch me impress my wife. Like, bro, she's not here. Nobody is. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> well, I'm gonna kind of, I'm gonna kind of uh, use uh, what you just said to segue to the next match. We can talk about matches that we enjoyed, but might have been a little overbooked. But the right guy won, 
and that was uh, Kevin Owens taking on Seth Rollins. So when I when I say that it was a little overbooked, this match started off as a singles match. Uh, Seth Rollins hit. Did he hit uh, Kevin Owens with the bell? Correct. The ring bell. That I don't know how that did they add that ring bell sound uh, post uh, production or did he really hit him with the bell because it sounded really loud when that uh, contact was made. I think every time someone hits someone with that bell, it makes a noise for some reason. I, I don't know how physics work. Yeah, we'll have an intern look it up. Uh, hey, can you look up what how science works? Yeah, I'd appreciate <laughs> it. But the reason I say it was a little overbooked, because that made the match a disqualification in favor of Kevin Owens. But then when Seth Rollins was leaving, Kevin Owens said, come back. I, I guess Kevin Owens has the authority to restart matches to rebook matches and to change stipulations of matches because Good for him. yeah i don't know when he got promoted but it's probably when triple h got demoted somebody else uh, had to jump yeah. up to, to take that spot but kevin owens said no this match is going to continue you're going to come back and there's going to be no disqualification now uh kevin owens then wins via pinfall and like i said man it was 17 and a half minutes, I think it probably could have been about, you know, half that and still been just as effective without the stop and the restart. But I did enjoy the match very, very much, and I'm glad that Kevin Owens finally got a victory at WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, I actually, I firmly agree with that as well. Like, why not why not have the match to begin with a no-disqualification match? Um it would have made more sense, and then you wouldn't have had that. Like you got, they were already having a really good match up until that moment, and then you had that. They just took all the breath out of the match, and then they had to get the ball rolling again. Uh, but then kudos to Kevin for putting his body on the line in front of absolutely no people, <laughs> and it kind of makes me think of what he was going to do in that kind of match in a bigger stage, because I mean, that was pretty high up, and he hit him hard. He came down pretty hard. Yeah, he took he took. Uh, that's a big man to be taking uh, quite a dive like that. And yeah. also, heads up to Seth Rollins for staying on the table. That doesn't happen <laughs> all the time. I right. wouldn't. I wouldn't have stayed there. I'd have been out of there. Yeah. Oh yeah. If that was me jumping, you'd be like, "I'll nope. see you later." <laughs> well, he got hit in the head with a bell, so he was unconscious. That's true. Storyline, guys. So what do we got going for, going forward here? I, I'm guessing these guys are going to be kind of split up after this. Uh, does Seth go on to maybe Drew McIntyre and kind of insert himself into the world title title picture? Uh, Kevin Owens kind of did a, a little bit of a promo on Raw this week where he was saying that you know, maybe I go after people that are like Seth Rollins. Maybe I go back to being a prize fighter. It, it kind of made it seem like they don't really have a direction for Kevin Owens. It seemed like they probably have more of a direction for the guy that actually lost the match in Seth Rollins. Jason, what do you think going forward for either one of these guys? Well, with Seth, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, he beat that jobbers this week <laughs> on Raw. Beat that and, ass. I mean, Literally came out looking angry as fuck, which I enjoyed. I thought that was good. He should be angry. He lost. And that kind of just adds a layer to his character, if that makes sense. As opposed to WrestleMania when he came out looking like our Lord and Savior. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Easter Sunday as we record this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's great. Seth is risen, guys. Yeah. So uh, for Seth, I, I like I'm wait I'm on a wait and see mode. Um, with uh, Owens, I have no clue. I'm not gonna lie, I have no idea. I don't think they do either, honestly. No, I don't either. The the thing with Owens is you can kind of put him wherever, and he's gonna excel. He's kind of a fan favorite. He can be a face or a heel. I mean, with literally just a, a punch or a kick in the dick, you know, he's either a face or a heel. Like, oh, okay, cool, no big deal. But no matter what, people love Kevin Owens, so you can almost throw him into anything. So I'm not I'm not sure what he's doing, but with Rollins, I'm in a wait-and-see mode. Uh, Will, yeah. any, Will, you're the uh, big Seth Rollins guy on the panel here. What do you think about yeah, Kevin X for, uh, for Seth? Um, so, I mean, Drew needs Drew needs to solidify his uh, his run as WWE champion. So he's going to need someone big to go up against next. Now he faced Big Show directly after. Uh, uh, we'll yes. talk about that yes. later. Yes, yes, that's that a big win. You don't get any. You asked than that. for a big person to solidify well he beat brock lesnar and big show that's like a combined 800 pounds of of yeah you don't get no big manhood yeah and the match with the big show is like 10 minutes longer Uh, it was it was which was sad he wrestled Uh, forever yeah but I, i think right now would be a good time to put seth into that picture uh because Having Drew get a victory over Seth, I mean, Seth isn't going to get hurt by losing to Drew uh, because Seth right now, he, I mean, he lost to Kevin Owens. I don't think he loses any momentum from losing to Kevin Owens. He's very pissed off right now. They can really go any direction with him. Um, but yeah, I like Kevin Owens though. Have no idea what's in store for him next. It's that one's really up in the air. Our co-main event of night one of WrestleMania, Goldberg defending his WWE Universal title. He has had a long-running feud. This has been built up for months. He finally (laughs) culminates at WrestleMania that he gets to take on his bitter rival, (laughs) Braun Strowman. Now, this match was apparently supposed to be some guy named Roman Reigns against Goldberg. Yeah, some um, jobber. I don't know who that is, who, where they you know, found him in the, on, on the indie scene. But apparently, uh, Roman Reigns has a little bit of uh, an immune compromise situation based on the fact that he has defeated leukemia before and was not comfortable performing at WrestleMania. And Braun Strowman was inserted at the last minute to take on Goldberg. Now this one, this one was very weird. I don't know if you guys uh, heard Goldberg was on uh, a podcast this week. I think it was called the Carcast Podcast. He's he's really big in the cars, and yeah. I, I think it was the Carcast Podcast. And the story of Roman Reigns being out that Goldberg told was that the, the match with Braun Strowman was filmed. But it was not announced until the actually the day before WrestleMania on that Friday SmackDown. I, Goldberg was under the assumption that WWE still hoped 
that the the Roman Reigns match with Goldberg was going to be able to take place. But Goldberg, after his match, after they recorded the match with Strowman, Goldberg went home. He said he ate a bunch of junk food. He didn't work out for five days, and then all of a sudden they're. WWE's calling him saying that hey could you come back and and maybe uh, if we can get Roman here and we could uh, do the match that we originally agreed to apparently that didn't work out and we ended up getting Goldberg versus Braun they go two minutes and ten seconds it was the drizzling shits it was a uh, spear spear power slam Spear, Power Slam, Power Slam, Braun is your new champion. Uh, Jason, yeah. you're you're shaking your head in disgust right now. And you're a big Goldberg guy, so this is probably difficult for you. Now, I'm not as big as Will Lewis as we uh, have video evidence. That's, not, that's, that's but, not true. Yeah. Uh, this was... As you said, the drizzling shift. I don't know how else to explain it. You got uh, two powerhouses going at it, and they went, what'd you say, two minutes and two, what? Two ten. Two, two minutes, ten two seconds. Two ten. That's like the sexual escapades of Will Lewis. <laughs> whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. And seven finishers were hit in that, se- in that yeah. two minutes yeah. and ten yeah. seconds. Just like, uh, the, just like the sexual escapades of Will Lewis. I always <laughs> hit my finishers. Like, don't go straight to your finisher, Will. Yeah. Do Too some late. storytelling. Foreplay <laughs> uh, would be nice. Build up a little bit. Nope. Yeah. So I thought, honestly, with and this is my fault. I thought since it was Strowman versus Goldberg, there was no story. I thought, oh, cool, maybe they'll tell us a story. Oh, oh, oh dude. And I and I took it hook, line, and sinker for fucking four moves for two minutes and ten seconds. And it was terrible. I, I can't defend it, which is surprising to you both, probably. Yeah. I can't yeah. defend this at all. It was awful. <laughs> both, of them, cool, both of them deserve better. You know, Goldberg's the only champion in four decades. He definitely deserved better. And, uh, you know, he laid there looking lifeless after a fucking power slam, which is you- not... If you've ever been power slam, man, it's a pretty devastating move. Motherfucker, you could power slam me, and I bet I kick out. Fuck yeah. uh, you do. You do that anyway, just because you're a douche. You like to kick out of people's finishers. <laughs> we tell you, we've we've I've said the tagline over a hundred times on this show that we don't, don't kick out of each other's finishers. Yet, what do you still do? Yeah, will. That's how it won. Will, tell me, tell me about how terrible this match was. Guys, this, like, I knew from, like, just from them on Friday night when they were just like, hey, by the way, Roman Reigns <laughs> is, is out. It's going to be Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. I was like, well, fuck. This is going to be awful. I, I honestly, I had no. So are you had, telling me that you had high hopes for Roman versus yeah, Goldberg? No. no I, I, have video, I have video evidence about no. how much you like that. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll post that on the Twitter account at Rhino underscore wrestling. Like that, but but I had no hopes whatsoever for for Roman Reigns and Goldberg. I thought it was gonna be uh, spear versus spear, 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 no moves, and translates to Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. Goldberg spears, power slam, Braun Strowman, blah blah blah. It's the same match. It was gonna be the same match no matter what. 
And, uh, God, it was awful. It was awful. And I'll say this again later on when we talk about the next main event. I thought both title matches were the drizzling shits. And it's just really bad. When when you got your two main your two what should be your two main events should be for the belts those are your most touted for championship belts in all of professional wrestling and you you give it to some guy who is literally just there because Roman Reigns couldn't be there because of COVID which is a good excuse like don't get me wrong like I understand why he couldn't make it but just and then you just give it to Braun Strowman which makes no sense whatsoever. Um, he just lost to Sami Zayn just recently, so now he's your Universal Champion. Where the hell do you go from here? If you don't immediately take the belt off of him, then something's wrong. Well, and, it, go ahead, Jason. Sorry to interrupt you. And for any of you that follow the the internet wrestling community, Braun Strowman just recently was basically shit on. Because he talked about people asking for a handout and how, you know, Evil Luno of AEW said, hey, support internet wrestling. And Braun took it as people asking for a handout, which couldn't be further from the truth. And Braun gets a handout. He literally gets a handout because the guy there has fucking leukemia and can't, you know, can't fulfill for a reason against him. So, in my mind right now, it's like, fuck Braun Strowman. You know? Right. Well, when you he, don't he be in a, a douchebag, you get rewarded for it. That's Apparently. true. Apparently. Who would have thought we would love Evil Uno? Right. This- Not me. Like, like that's just <laughs> it's just so weird because, like, like Braun Strowman doesn't deserve that championship. Like, he hasn't, he hasn't worked for it. He hasn't gotten over with the crowd. Like, I mean... He's over with some of the crowd, but it, it's just because he comes out and he goes, Raw! <laughs> Unfortunately. But, but he's not a good wrestler. He doesn't cut good promos. Like, when he cut that promo on uh, SmackDown this week, I immediately turned, I saw, I turned SmackDown off in the first ten minutes. I was just like, this is awful. Well, we opened SmackDown with the Braun promo, and we closed SmackDown with the Braun promo. So, thank I, God I skipped SmackDown. So, thank God, because that just goes to show that SmackDown is the best wrestling show on TV. Uh, that's not true. Are you ready? <laughs> da, da. Are you ready for the same shit? Just on a new network. It really is the same shit. They told you it'd be different. Are you ready? Daniel Bryan's running. Away from bad booking. Roman Reigns is punching. Trying to find a good story. Are you ready? Here's a picture of Brock Lesnar. He won't be here. (laughs) But he's not gonna be here. (laughs) 
dude, SmackDown is the it's the worst. It's the worst show on TV, and I say that having watched Ring of Honor last week. So wow, you didn't I, watch I, Ring of Honor last week. Uh, maybe I didn't. What, what I, was I, it? The best of Jay Lee? It was the best of Slex. Ah, oh, hell yeah, that's a good show. And, and Destro. Ooh. The guy from oh, That Joe. sounds like a must-see hour of TV to me. I want, I want Braun Strowman to lose the belt in his first feud. Like, he needs to lose it in his first feud against his first opponent in the first match. Well, let's, talk, it- let's talk about what uh, Braun's got coming up because, you know, we've, we've talked about in the past that we thought that they should have put the title on Braun a couple years ago. There was a couple times, and, and Jason, I think you actually shared a video of when uh, Braun used to, like, turn over tractor trailers and, and stuff like that. That was he, Will, but that, yes. That was Will. <laughs> Sorry, Will, i got to give you credit for that. But when he was... Uh, there were several times when Braun was hot to the point where we could have conceivably seen them put the title on him and we would have been okay with it. Now is, is, not, is the time that we would have least expected it. And in the most underwhelming out-of-nowhere way, Braun is your new champ. Does Braun eventually have a date set with Roman whenever Roman comes back? I don't, we don't know when or if Roman can come back, if he's, if, you know, this pan, how long this pandemic is going to last, if Roman's going to feel comfortable performing with that compromised immune system. But we did get a little taste of what we think is coming next. And that is, following his victory at WrestleMania over John Cena, it seems that Bray Wyatt is going to reignite some some past history with Braun Strowman. And guys, I gotta tell you, this has the potential to be really bad. Because both of these guys, based on what I've seen over the last couple years, they have to have... They have to have the exact right dance partner in order to have a good match. Bray Wyatt has had my worst match of the year for the last two two of the three years, and Braun Strowman is not far behind. Uh, both have had good matches over the last three years, but they have to have the exact right dance partner, and I don't think that dance partner is each other. This has the potential to be really bad. Yeah, it definitely does, but I mean, at least there, at least there is a, some resemblance of a storyline here, because I think Bray said this week he's just like, I brought you into this world and I can take you out. And I'm like, okay, fine, just put the belt back on the fiend and just be done with it. Like, it, it's just, it's just, it's what needs to happen at this point. I'm just ready for it. Just be done with it. Well, Jason, if they put the belt back on The Fiend, then that would maybe open up a rematch for somebody who recently beat The Fiend in Saudi Arabia and somebody who recently lost that Universal title. I think we could maybe see Goldberg versus The Fiend again. You know what? I'd rather watch that than Strowman versus The Fiend. And Hmm. I'm not wrong. Hmm. I'd rather watch Strowman versus The Fiend than Goldberg versus Strowman. That's not true. We have video evidence of that. No. But, uh... Heavily doctored photo evidence. uh, We'll post it on, uh... We'll post it on Twitter and let the fans decide. So, I have no idea what they are doing throwing, uh, uh, Bray back into this. I thought that was very short-sighted. 
Um, yeah, there's a small storyline, but, like, what do you, I mean, Bray just went over the face of the company in 2000s, essentially. Hey, so he'd just be a Hall of Famer, future Hall of Famer. I mean, literally the face of the company in the deck of 2000, John so Cena. the face of the company. Yeah, no, 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 I know, we're on the same page. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how Bray goes in on this and doesn't destroy Braun Strowman, and they're just like, oh, no, Braun's still a monster. Like, hey, hold on. Yeah, like this, it, it, it's very convoluted to me how they got here. It seems like they're just trying to kind of fill in the gap that was supposed to be filled by Roman Reigns but can't be right now for extenuating circumstances. And I think this, like I said, SmackDown, this is not going to help their standing as the worst wrestling show on TV. Right, I was just thinking about it too. I'm just like, who else would you throw into this feud with Braun Strowman though? Because, I mean, there really isn't anybody else on SmackDown that I can think of yeah, besides... Brutus, the Barber Beefcake. That's a possibility. Uh, He'd be in my top band. They'd be in my top five. Mojo Raleigh. Yeah, Mojo Raleigh. Mojo Raleigh. Repo Man. And Gravedigger. The Monster Truck. The Monster Truck? They're bringing monster trucks back? Like when WCW had the Hogan and Giant monster trucks on top of the building? That'd be pretty cool. And then the giant got, Braun... got thrown off the building and then came back later that night and won the title. <laughs> Remember when Braun Strowman used to flip over shit? Maybe he flips over Gravedigger. Jason, you and I are totally going to do a watch-along with that. I don't know. I know Will doesn't like doing the watch-alongs, so. but <laughs> you and I are totally going to do a watch-along of the uh, the Hogan Giant monster truck battle on uh, top of the building in Detroit. When, I'm when, ready. when wrestling was good. Yeah, I was just saying, I'm ready. Well, speaking of good wrestling, uh, we had a boneyard match to close out night one, guys. And it was The Undertaker taking on AJ Styles, taking on Luke Gallows, taking on Carl Anderson, taking on The Dark Order. They were there as well. From AEW? Yeah. That's, wow, what, that's what was all those guys, all those gimps that came out of the, uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, hut. Well, it's good to see that they're getting uh, cross-promotion uh, exposure. Yeah, I thought that was a big thing that not a lot of people are talking about. The fact that the Dark Order... Now, Evil Uno wasn't there because we didn't see a portly gentleman um, <laughs> in tights come out. They all looked like pretty spelt. Uh, they, so they looked like lower-ranking members of the Dark Order. Maybe, maybe it, was, it was 8 and 9. Yeah, I... <laughs> 8 and 9 were busy on uh, AEW a couple weeks ago, so I don't... <laughs> I don't think uh, they were able to, to come there. But, man, this is uh, the match that the first time I watched it, I thought it was cool. But I didn't think it was like knock your socks off. And then I saw how everybody was reacting to it online and talking about like it was the greatest thing that Undertaker had done or the greatest thing that they had seen at WrestleMania or that was it was the greatest thing that they had seen as like a, like a pre-taped like gimmick match in forever and I couldn't find anybody online that didn't enjoy the Boneyard match between Undertaker and AJ Styles and it would end in about 19 minutes with AJ Styles getting buried alive Will oh no Will you are uh, the 
I've said this a few times about different wrestlers, but you are the number one Undertaker fan as That's well true. on this panel. Uh, what were your impressions of the Boneyard match between Undertaker and AJ Styles? I loved it. I loved it from, from start to finish. Um, I think it was done very, very well. Uh, when you utilize the WWE's uh, like production trucks and all that stuff, who put together some of the greatest video packages ever, Jimmy uh, Borash, yeah, Jimmy Borash here. You gave them like the free reigns to do like a final deletion type match, and I I thought they knocked it out of the park. Um, I thought it was really cool to see kind of the American Badass Undertaker, but not really. Uh, I thought I, I just every single everything everything from the entrances to for, like it was a very brutal type match. There was some blood in it. Um, AJ Styles looked really good in the match. Um, I thought that made the Undertaker look like an absolute badass. Don't bury me. Don't bury me. Don't yeah. bury me alive. Like there was Randy Orton burns down a man's house and gets rewarded for it. And then I'm stuck wrestling the damn Undertaker in a damn boneyard, and I get buried alive. And Randy so, Orton gets a title shot. I also feel that AJ Styles was probably a little dumb for challenging uh, the Undertaker into a boneyard match. Because if I was going to challenge the Undertaker anywhere, I would never challenge him to have a match in a graveyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, The Undertaker killed Gallows and Anderson. He did. So, there's that. Well, and he uh, rode away before the cops showed up, too. Yeah. And I thought, at, at, towards the end, uh, I got chills, literally, at the part where, like, he was, like, talking to AJ Styles. He's like, hey, man, you fought. He's like, you fought. He's like, you fought really bravely. He's like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bury you. I wouldn't do any of this Please stuff. Please don't bury me, man. Please don't yeah. bury me. I thought it. I thought it was very, very, very well done. Uh, Jason, your thoughts on the uh, Boneyard match? Where does it rank in uh, Undertaker's all-time WrestleMania moments? Uh, I'm in the same the same boat that it was very well done. I I think what they had to work with, especially this year where there's no audience, this was the perfect year to do something like this. You know, they, I don't know how much you guys read, but they said it took eight hours and a whole day to film this particular 20 minute match. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I get it. You know, I, I think this was the perfect time to do what they did. And as Will said, this is the first time I thought The Undertaker looked great in, you know, what, three, four, five years? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know the actual terminology, but, and I thought he had the great, I thought he had a good dance partner, as we always talk about on this show, me and you, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Styles was the perfect one for selling, for, you know, talking shit, you know. Bumping, I, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He, he's the one that could jump off the roof, and it was no problem. Like, you know, like, I saw some people on Twitter talk about, well, why can't Undertaker and Sting do this? Well, neither one of them can fall off a shed. I mean, I mean, if realistically, let's be honest, like, you know, while I, while me and you would still watch, Will would be like, wow, this is terrible. Like, no, sorry, actually, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that, too, is that uh, 
you could take this style of a match now and mm-hmm. and you can utilize it down the road. Yep. You can have an Undertaker versus Sting match that's like this, that's heavily produced, and you don't necessarily need to have Sting taking all these bumps because you could utilize this. You could use fake Sting. You yep. could use these fake Sting. Yeah. Yep. Jeff Farmer. So, yeah. So my, my thing is, just hear me out, like, if if next year, let's say me and you and the three of us go to WrestleMania in L.A. We have a Boneyard match? And they show like a, they show a match on the Titantron of The Undertaker and Sting at a different location. Are you okay with that? Yeah. After you spent $3,000 to sit... You know, third, you know, whatever you guys want to say. Well, I got to tell you, having been to WrestleMania and having sat up pretty high, <laughs> you find yourself watching a lot of it on the Titantron anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> at least then everybody would be looking at the Titantron. At least then you'd have just as good a seats as the people that uh, paid thousands of dollars to sit on the floor. But I get where you're coming from, though. So, um,. But I mean, you don't necessarily always have to do it at WrestleMania. You're right. You could you can do them at any time of the year. At Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel, it, Great it, Balls of Fire. Battle in the Sand. Yeah. That's, uh, Night of Champions. Great American Bash. Ooh. Halloween uh, Havoc. Sacrifice. Um. Lockdown. Uh, lockdown. Uh, I was trying to think of a Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Literally couldn't think of one. Uh, Gateway to the Best? Or what was the one? Gateway to Honor. What was called? Gateway to Honor. Uh, No! God, please, no! 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 Uh, Will, is your boy The Undertaker done? Do you think this was... A lot of people say this is a perfect way to end it. He's got a new uh, shoot series... uh, shoot like series coming out on wwe network i saw him on somebody's podcast like video podcast the other day out of character it kind of dropping a lot of hints that this could maybe be the end and a lot of people are thinking that this could have been the perfect way for him to end it looking really good like he did in that boneyard match um i don't think it's the end i think i i think this kind of match extends the Undertaker's career by like three to four years. Wow! Uh, because you can do you could do these multiple times with with little to no physical toll on the Undertaker, um, and you can get a lot out of it. Um, I kind of got the feeling when I watched it that I was like, mm, this kind of feels like a swan song to the Undertaker because he came out as the American badass kind of. Uh, he had his one of his trademark signature matches, a buried alive match, which I guess is that's why you can't call it. You call it the boneyard match because you can't call it buried alive. Um, or a graveyard then, match because yeah, you know, just because of the climate we're in right now. Exactly, and then when he drives away, the TX is up um, on on the on the barn, and it had a lot of like throwbacks to Undertaker over the years with the Druids coming out. Um, the Dark Order I, was there. Dark Order was there. Uh, if if you were going to stop the Undertaker's career now, I think yes, it would it would be the perfect time to do it. Uh, but I kind of want to see where they're going to go with this now. I want to see if they're going to if they're going to do Sting and Taker in one of these. I think that would be really really cool. Jason AJ had an amazing performance in this Boneyard match. Even though I would the thing the only thing that I was kind of worried about is that it didn't really 
lend to AJ's strengths, which is in-ring work, but I thought he, he did a fantastic job making The Undertaker look good. Um, he had some cool mania moments, like when AJ came out of the coffin. Uh, we're we're going to get the, the meme forever of AJ laughing with Undertaker sneaking up behind him. Uh, is AJ, AJ's had some injuries lately. He's getting up there in eight years. He's kind of been hinting that he's been wanting a lighter schedule. Do you think we're going to see AJ take some time off? Because the dude just literally got buried a lot. Yeah, he's going to take a lot of time off now because he's dead. Yeah, that's true. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I mean, you, you guys both said it, but I think AJ's taking at least a couple more. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him till SummerSlam, mm-hmm. at the very least, you know, depending on what happens. got to dig his way out. Yeah, I mean, we saw the single hand still in the air, so he's got a hand above the dirt still. You know, for anyone that watches tour movies, you know, as long as there's a hand above the dirt, we have a chance mm-hmm. to still dig out. Yep. Uh, But yeah, I think AJ's off TV for at least a month, if not more. You know, just to, I mean, maybe sit with the family or whatever you want to say. But I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him until SummerSlam. Now, when AJ Styles comes back, is he going to come back as like, like a like a purple version of AJ Styles, or maybe AJ Styles with a face mask, or like Bat AJ Styles? I would think like, so. I think he'd come out with like um, I don't know, like a like a long like trench coat and like an urn okay. and maybe like a like a big hat and I like it. Like dark... Ric Flair as a manager. Yeah, like Ric Flair like doing the Paul Bearer thing. Oh my AJ! Oh. That sounds pretty good. I've never seen that before. Yeah. I... Every time the Undertaker was buried, he would always come out as a different Undertaker when he returned. Well, I think no. I think you should just take the Undertaker's gimmick. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's open. He's he's not used, but it. just with a Southern accent. <laughs> you Y'all tried to kill me. me. Y'all tried to bury me <laughs> in a damn boneyard. Why has he got to be? Randy Orton burns down a man's house and gets rewarded for it. It's true. Well, that was the end of night one, boys. Let's go to night two. We started off with the NXT Women's Championship with Rhea Ripley defending against this year's Women's Royal Rumble winner Charlotte Flair. This was the longest, second longest match on WrestleMania it, uh, for either night. It went 20 minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, Charlotte is your new NXT champion, NXT champion for the second time. I think it's kind of a cool concept of having Charlotte on NXT now, I think one cool thing about it is it frees up some new matchups that we have not seen before. And we're looks like the first matchup we're going to get is Charlotte Flair and Io Shirai. As Io Shirai won that number one contender ladder match on NXT this week. Man, the, I you're starting off hot with Io Shirai and Charlotte Flair on NXT. This is a dream match for me, and I'm not talking about a dream match that puts you to sleep like AJ Styles and Nakamura at WrestleMania. <laughs> and, and then however this match goes, Charlotte has a whole new slew of opponents on NXT. I would love to see Charlotte and Candice LeRae. I'd like to see Charlotte and Dakota Kai. When we talk about somebody who's been around the block a little bit, Charlotte and Mercedes Martinez... Uh, Charlotte and Tegan, Tegan Knox, Charlotte and Mia Yim, Charlotte, Will, Charlotte and Aaliyah, the singer, 
Charlotte and Jessamine Duke. Who? Mm. Oh! Dan, what are your feelings of Jessamine Duke? The uh, what's that one guy from ESPN? What's his What's his uh... Stephen A. Smith? I yeah, could I, 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 I could ask him. Yeah. Now listen, Jessamine Duke is a very close personal friend of mine. Jessamine Duke has been to my house on many occasions, and I have been to her house on many occasions. But there's no way that Jessamine Duke should be anywhere near that NXT Championship match. Anytime the NXT title is brought out, Jessamine Duke should be locked in a broom closet at the Performance Center and don't get the key out until that match is over. That's all I'm saying. That was good. That was good. Your lung capacity is pretty good. Uh, oh, I could pull it out when I when I need to. That's what she said. Uh. <laughs> uh, Jason, there's a little spin of a story behind here. I know you're big on the behind-the-scenes stuff, but a lot of people are saying that Rhea Ripley was originally supposed to win this match, but her work visa has run out. She's uh, back in Australia, the land down under, we believe. And she may not be back, given the travel restrictions that we have right now. She may not be back for quite some time. Do you think that's the reason that she lost? Do you think the original plan was for Rhea to go over Charlotte? Yes. I, hot take. Yes. Hot I think take. Originally, uh, I think this was Rhea's moment. And unfortunately, the circumstances in the world really cost her. Uh, but, uh, but from the circumstances we got, I'm not upset. I'm not upset about Charlotte having to face EO Shirai originally, yep. you know, yep. like that sounds amazing. You know, EO and, uh, Candice LeRae is another one. Like, I think there's a whole nother set Aaliyah. of challengers yeah. for Charlotte at NXT. Yeah. Marina Shafir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jessamine Duke. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, All kinds of amazing. Ty- Tynara Conti. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Who? <laughs> <laughs> but I think I I think it's just it keeps Charlotte fresh and keeps her uh, away from you know the staleness of Monday and Friday that we've grown accustomed to because she is. Whether Will wants to believe it or not, the best women's wrestler on the roster. Of all that's time. Not true. I would say of all time. It's not true. That's that's not true. Yeah. Who's better? Aaliyah? Uh, Alexa Bliss, guys. Come on. Better that's than definitely. Charlotte. She's won more championships. Yeah. Yeah. Well, true. you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. She's prettier. I mean, I probably give you that, but that's kind oh, yeah. of misogynistic of you. I mean, look, we're talking about looks. We're, we're talking about wrestling here. I don't really see looks, or, <laughs> or you know, I, I like to judge a person by what they have on the inside, personally. See, I like to judge books by their cover. If it's not a good cover, I'm not going to read what's inside <laughs> of it. Will wants if somebody's not doing a flip on the cover of this book, I'm not watching. Right. It's boss time. Oh, is it? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. oh, almost. 
Uh, so Charlotte Flair defeats Rhea Ripley. We don't know when we're going to see Ripley back, but I'm really excited for the potential for some of these matchups at NXT for Charlotte. Uh, kind of a weird match it, that, that was thrown together. If it was, here. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't mean to interrupt you, but if it was me, I would hold Rhea off till maybe next year. And you let her come back and just run her and Charlotte back. Mm-hmm. I mean, the match was fantastic. And it was, it was to, like, I think I texted you and said it was by far the best women's match we saw all weekend of the five. Mm-hmm. I go, if, I know WWE is the worst at long-term story booking. The worst! But maybe, you know, you just hold her out. Like, hey, hang out with your family for a little while. Come back at Survivor Series and we'll, we'll do something, mm-hmm. you know. Or come back yeah. and, and cost Charlotte the title against somebody. Yeah, somewhere. You know? There's a lot of screaming during this match. That's all I have to say. I don't know if they have a bigger number. Oh, really? Really, Charlotte? Really, Charlotte? <laughs> I don't, I, Will is not a fan of the referee and how he says Charlotte's name. Uh, no, that was Jason. That okay. was definitely me. Come not on, Charlotte! Charlotte! Charlotte. Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Charlotte. Charlotte. I was not Charlotte. Happy. Just Charlotte. It's not yeah. Charlotte. I was always Charlotte. taught growing up that the best rep is the one you don't notice. Yeah, and he he made and himself I, very noticeable. And that's all. So like in 2020, that's all you notice is the fucking reps. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. It is it's, true. Well, we, we've always said that that referee, that professional wrestling referees are the worst referees on the planet next to soccer. Yeah. Soccer is the worst. Officiated sport, professional res- wrestling is the second. Turn around! Ref! <laughs> Turn around! I know! You see, everybody else sees there! But I'm being distracted from the outside. <laughs> Why is this person laying on the ground now? Uh, Alistair Black defeats Bobby Lashley in 7 minutes and 20 seconds. What do you want to say about this, Jason? Sure did. <laughs> yeah, that happened. It was pretty good. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> Man, you're uh, really waxing poetic about this match here. Uh, so, uh, I, I was pretty excited about this match until, you know, it only got 7 That's minutes. not true. <laughs> until it just kind of happened and we were all just like they only oh, got it. seven minutes i i was like man why 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 is this match even happening much less why is it seven minutes right this match went twice as long as the uh it went four times as long as the smackdown uh champ or the universal title match and it went twice as long as the wwe championship match. that's because it was night two dan night two and there was 16 more moves done. Yeah. And you got two former, you know, one NXT former champion. And, you know, Bobby Lashley, we know, is just an amazing person. Former and former player. ECW champion. Yeah, exactly. He defended our president. Mm-hmm, that's true. Not my president. Yeah, not my president. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, coming out of this... Did you guys see the uh, Aleister Black Apollo Cruz match on Raw this past week? It went like 37 minutes. Oh my god, it went like three segments and yeah. 
it made Apollo Crews look like frickin' uh, Apollo Creed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Co- my COVID cough's coming back. That was good. That was good. He, I mean, he made Apollo Crews look like a world beater uh, before finally succumbing to the Black Mass. That's the match we should have had on WrestleMania. I really hope yeah. that. I really hope this does something for Apollo. I, I, I think Apollo is somebody who could. You know, MVP was talking about looking for people for a stable. I think he'd be a perfect fit for that stable. You know, MVP being able to to do the mic work and Apollo showing what he can do in ring. Uh, Bobby Lashley, Jason's boy. Why, yeah, why MVP or why Apollo and not Bobby Lashley? Put Bobby Lashley in there too, and not just because of the color of their skin, guys. Let's. I told you, I don't see skin color. I judge people by what they are on the inside. Wait, I thought that was about pretty women. That's not true. Uh, Bobby Lashley hinting that Lana cost him this match, and maybe he needs a new manager, and maybe he needs a new wife, Jason. Oh, pretty quick. I don't blame him. Trouble in Lashleyville. Yeah. Bobby's, uh, probably because she's a Bobby's brunette. Bobby deserves better. Uh, Bobby Lashley going forward here. Are you interested in the uh, long-rumored Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar feud? I know uh, Jason's, or I know Will's answer, but I'd like to hear Jason's <laughs> answer here. I mean, I would definitely watch it. Who, am I, who are we kidding? Yeah, it would be nice to finally see it. Especially if they give them a little bit of time. Maybe like four minutes, you say? I mean, how about eight? Does eight mm, help? Uh, I'll meet you in the middle. Six. All right, that works. Uh, Will, I'm going to go ahead and answer for you. No, God, please, no! 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 Yep. Uh, next up, Dolph Ziggler taking on Otis. <laughs> in, a last, in a last man standing match. Oh, my God. Wait, was it a last man standing match? That's what Wikipedia said. I don't think it was. Okay, well Wikipedia's wrong. Well, Wikipedia's never oh, wrong. Oh no, That's sorry, weird. that was that was Edge and Randy Orton. It was just a singles <laughs> match. Sorry. Uh, Otis taking on Dolph Ziggler. Otis victorious over Dolph Ziggler. This match went uh, eight minutes and fifteen seconds. It went twice as long as the WWE Championship main event. Love wins, Dan. Love wins. Okay. Love- well, I gotta tell you, Tucky Tucky, uh, the singles matches that I have seen him in looks pretty good. Otis against Dolph Ziggler, I thought got exposed. I thought Otis got exposed for just the gimmick that he is. He's just a you comedy. Just say something nice about. He's just a comedy wrestler, and he beat Dolph Ziggler with a caterpillar. I didn't know the caterpillar was his finisher. <laughs> Neither did I. Oh, it makes me sad. It makes me sad because he sucks. Whoa. He's awful, guys. guys. It's all about the storyline. That's I mean, let's, let's let's call a spade a spade. Whoa. Like, that's all Whoa. Racist. What? It, how is, is that a racist statement? Yeah. Spade is a very derogatory term that was used like in the it's 70s show. and 80s. Okay, if you say so. That's... Uh, Interesting, yeah. but but I mean that's all it was is it was just to end or to continue the storyline between uh, Dana Brooke and um, uh, Otis. Oh, yeah. 
don't don't disparage the good goddamn name of Mandy Rose, sir. <laughs> oh, I don't like God. that. So, I like how you said to end the feud, and then you quickly said to continue the feud because this will <laughs> never this will never end. It will never end. And Tucky Tucky took on Dolph Ziggler in a losing effort on SmackDown this week. And then we got uh, pictures of Mandy working out and uh, uh, Otis holding bananas. (laughs) Gotta keep, that potassium keeps you uh, lean, Dan. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I actually (laughs) saw a a picture today. It was like four years ago, the, uh, the draft class that came into NXT... And Otis looked pretty svelte. Like, he looked like he actually had a chest and a waist. And he may be the first person in the history of WWE to gain a tremendous amount of weight and actually get a push. Dan, why do you hate Otis? What about Yokozuna? Uh, Wasn't Yokozuna already a very large gentleman? I don't know. I don't think he came in at, like, 220 and then ballooned up to 500 and got the push. What What about Rikishi? I'm pretty sure Rikishi always had that ass. Did he? Huh. Yeah, pretty sure. Damn. Uh, why do I hate Otis so much? Um, hmm. <laughs> he, he's not good on the mic. He's not... Um, duck it, duck it. Hey, ducky, ducky. All of his moves are fat-based. Um, he doesn't sell well, because when you hit him, he just, like, like rubs his... Tweaks his nipples and like rubs he, his belly. He up. I don't remember Hulk like like tweaking his nipples when he would like what Hulk about, up. What about thrusting his genitals into the at, towards at the, the crowd? crowd? Even when there's not a crowd there, he's thrusting his dick at everybody. I don't get it. I don't get the fascination with him. I think every I think Vince's fascination is just hey, let's laugh at the big guy. You know that's why they made him take his shirt off. That's why he makes him cuts his cut his shirts off like that. That's why he makes him dance. That's why he, you know, puts puts him with Bandy, you know, because it's all right. funny. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. Here we got. <laughs> Let's just enjoy what was the happy moment here. And we why got, do, why does he carry Bandy like that? Why does he carry her so like high? He Got to car- can't carry her like because of the gut. He has to carry her like over the gut. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He carries carries her like so high. Go ahead, Jason. Sorry. I just want to I just want to focus on the happiness of this. We got over 20 weeks of storyline for this, for Otis and Mandy to end up happy and together. And guess what? Oh my God! Who the hell cares? Got him. whatever dan a lot of us care uh did you care about the next match this one actually was a last man standing match i apologize for uh my mistake earlier uh edge took on randy orton they fought for three hours and uh (laughs) if they if they did not have coronavirus before they are definitely going to have it now because they touched every surface (laughs) in the performance center Every metal surface. Uh, Edge defeats Randy Orton on top of a uh, truck. Yes. In uh, 36 minutes and 35 seconds, 
Will, a lot of people online said they enjoyed the match, but they thought that it went a, a little too long. Are you in that same boat? See, I I was seeing the reverse side of it. I, I thought I saw a lot of people hated it, and especially since it went too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I personally I enjoyed it. Um, I did kind of lose track of time after a while, and I looked like I looked down and I looked back up, and I'm like, oh, this match is still going on. You took an you took an um, 18 minute nap, and it was yeah, halfway through. It it was very very long, but. I will say that to culminate a feud that's been so personal for Randy Orton and Edge, and how you know much Ed like or, or Randy Orton tried to end Edge's career again. Randy Orton burns down a man's house and gets rewarded for it. He also did that, mm-hmm. but but Randy Orton tried to end Edge's career with the concerto on raw after his return at the Royal rumble. And then it was literally just a build of where Randy Orton is trying to take out. I mean, the man attacked edge's wife. So I thought personally, I thought the match did a very good job of, of showing the hatred and the animosity between the two wrestlers. Um, and, and I thought it did it exactly what it needed to do. Although I would have shaved off maybe like 10 minutes. I, I totally agree with that. I thought I think taking off ten minutes would have been about perfect, but the especially the end of that match, I thought that the emotions that were in there, like even after Edge hits the spear and does his his uh, new arm triangle choke and does the one man concerto, even after that, it's like almost like he was, you know, why did you make me do that? Why did it come to this, Randy? I love you. I still love you. You know, it, it's almost like he wanted to like pick Randy up and just like console him after that. It was it was very emotionally well done, just maybe just too long. Jason, what were your thoughts on the uh, last man standing match between Re- Edge and Randy Orton? Uh, I mean, I'm in the same situation you guys are. I, you said it went 36 minutes. Did I hear that right? Yeah, correct. I, in my world, it went 16 minutes too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, 60 minutes? Yeah, it was a three-hour match. Jason wanted a two-hour match. Yeah, that makes sense. So you think 20 20 minutes minutes would have been about perfect? That would have been perfect. You know, it was... I think I even texted you at one time, because me and you were live texting, Mm -hmm. that I just said, are you feeling this, question mark? Mm -hmm. And, uh, And, you know, it was... The first 10 minutes where they're in the performance center could have been... Extremely streamlined, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I just thought it was very drawn out. I had no real qualms with the match, except for it just was long. Mm-hmm. Like I enjoyed it. I thought the ending was perfect. You know, the ending was great. I had no problems with anything except for it was a 36 minutes match where there was, you know, everyone was laying down at the end. You know, you got two, you know. It just, it just was much longer than needed to be, and then I don't, I don't think you know in the time when you saw the Boneyard match close the last night, plus you know later in the night you see the, you know the Firefly Funhouse match. I think it loses a little bit of its luster when you run around the Performance Center and literally beat the living hell out of each other for an hour. 
Uh, Will, where does uh, Edge go from here? Does uh, he kind of just do the, when Daniel Bryan returned, he was doing the Dream Match tour there for a while. We've got a lot of matchups that we've either not seen for a long time or that we've never seen before. We've talked about possibly, you know, Edge and AJ Styles, uh, Edge and Roman Reigns, Edge. uh, Jeff Hardy seems to be getting a big push now to keep him happy so he won't go to AEW. There's some history there with those TLC matches. Uh, There's even some history with Seth Rollins. If you remember back to 2014 when the authority got ousted from power uh, by the Survivor Series victory by uh, John Cena's team, it was Seth Rollins who took Edge into the ring and threatened to uh, stomp on his neck unless uh, John Cena reinstituted the authority into power. So there's uh, there's even like a six-year story there with Seth Rollins. And then you got, you know, matchups like the young guys. Like you would li- like to see Edge and Buddy Murphy, Edge and, you know, guys like Chad Gable or Mustafa Ali. There's a lot of things that Edge can do. What do you think is uh, next for the rated R superstar? Um, I, I want to see him get his matches in. Um, and I also want to see him get another run at the belt. Um, I think that would be a really good storyline going forward. Um, I mean, he's on Raw. That could be a potential feud for, for Drew McIntyre um, going forward. And, and I think it would be great a great end for Edge's career. Like I just watched the, all of the Edge 24 today. And it really just kind of tells this whole storyline from when he... When he had his surgeries, when he retired, like his whole build for coming back, and the guy's never given up. Um, and for him to come back like he did at the Royal Rumble nine years later after getting injured, um, and then to have this very physical match with Randy Orton, where I think Edge looked really good. Um, I don't think he's lost a step. Uh, I would like to see him get another shot at the belt. I would like to see him win the belt. I think that would be really cool to see that down the road. Um, I'm really interested though right now to see all what wrestlers are going to take time off right now mm-hmm. with with the COVID-19 thing and what's going on in the world. Edge just got a family. Um, Beth Phoenix does NXT commentary, like so they can't be away from their family for that long. So I'm really interested to see if he's going to stick around for like the first like right now. Or if he's going to come back like maybe a month or two down the road. And it would make sense to have him, to use him in the right spot. Especially when it looks like we're going to be at least several months of no crowds. Don't you want to have a crowd there for somebody like Edge? Don't you want to have that be, wouldn't that make this, this last run of his even more meaningful? Wouldn't you kind of want to use that for the right spot? Yeah, definitely. The crowd pops hard for Edge. Like it's 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 a big thing, and the crowd loves Edge. Um, so I, I think he's best utilized when there is a crowd around. I, I think we really, out of all the things that we missed from not having people at WrestleMania this year, I think that was one of the big ones to me. Is seeing Edge's entrance in front of that crowd. I think it would have been a really good moment for him. Uh, Jason, tell me uh, what you liked about the Street Profits uh, defeating Angel Garza and Austin Theory. Who? <laughs> uh, I mean, it was a match on WrestleMania night, too. Would you say it was one of the matches at this year's yes. WrestleMania? Yes. Wow. 
And, uh, Hot take. Uh, Angel Garza rips his pants off eventually. I like I mean, that. I like that. That's always good. I did not understand where Austin Theory came in to the, you know, Who? the situation, but exactly. Who? <laughs> the other thing uh, that came out of this match, uh, by the way, the Street Profits retain in six minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, apparently, Montez, Montez Ford's real-life wife, Bianca Belair, comes out to take uh, care of Zelina Vega, and I guess Bianca Belair is on Raw now. Yeah, so what we heard. Woo! The, uh... Only to you, Dan. It's okay. Yeah. Guys, I'm over the whole Street Profit thing. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh-oh. just because you don't like the smoke... I don't want the smoke. We want smoke. No. We want smoke. We don't. We want smoke. We want the smoke. Uh-oh. Will wants the smoke. No, I know. Jason's got the smoke. We want the smoke. Uh, Are you feeling it now? No, I'm not. Now, A what if bit? I were to tell you... What if Woo! I were to tell you the next day... After this match at WrestleMania, we were going to get an even longer match for like the first three hours of Raw. Uh, who well, this it? isn't about Raw. Who was in that match? Street Profits against who? Austin Theory. Who? <laughs> and Angel Garden. Sorry, I just had to set that up. <laughs> I so said, put it on the T for myself. I wanted to be known that I think Austin Theory has a bright future. Who? <laughs> I really, yeah. I, I really do think he has a bright future as someone who's watched some evolve and things like that. I think he's he's there. They just thrust him in to something that he's unwinnable in. Like you, they're just like, hey kid, go on out and fight for the tag team titles, and he's like, huh, me? Oh my yeah. God, who the hell cares? Now, if I were to say. Well, like, wow. out of all the people who were ever just thrust out of NXT onto the main roster, Austin Theory is one of those people. And all of the people who have ever been thrust out of NXT without, like, barely any time down there, they're all successful now. It's great. I agree. I agree. Uh, so that match definitely did take place. Another match that also took place was the uh, Fatal 5-Way Elimination match for the SmackDown Women's Championship, baby! Uh, Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Tamina. Bailey retaining in 19 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, the match would come down to Bailey and Lacey after Sasha was eliminated, uh, trying to help Bailey. And Bailey didn't seem like she was uh, too keen on stopping Sasha from being eliminated. But Sasha, even so, would come out later and assist Bailey in retaining her title. Uh, Bailey. Still your SmackDown Women's Champions. Guys, the Tamina push is real right now, okay? Just say. That's, That's not true. true. <laughs> Guys, this, this was also a match that went on 19 minutes too long. Mm-hmm. So it should have been a tw- everybody should have got eliminated in 20 seconds. Yeah, I, I just wasn't into it. I Like, you, you got, what, two people in that ring who are good wrestlers? Um, and I would much rather just watch Bailey versus. You talking Sasha about? Banks. You talking about Tamina and uh, Naomi? 
No, 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 no. I'm talking about Bailey and Sasha Banks. And I honestly, I would just rather watch a singles match. I don't want to see, you know, three other people thrust into a match where, you know, Bailey and Sasha Banks can tear down the house. They've done it before. Um, but yeah, but this was just kind of a this match was just there, in my well, opinion. Well, Tamina was ganged up on by the other four and was, uh, I believe, the first one eliminated here. But it looks like <laughs> she is going to be. A focal point going forward in the women's division. She came out on SmackDown and is getting a match with Sasha Banks next week. If Tamina wins, then she gets a world title match with Bailey. So, Jason, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for a potential Tamina title match and a potential Tamina title run? This is something that you've been asking for for a long time. Damn it, Jason. Now, I've been telling you guys, we need new stuff. That's not what I want! <laughs> for a very long time. We uh, need new stars. And you guys are just stuck on the same motherfuckers week in and week out. So, here I am, open to anything. Uh-huh. Because that's how I am. Yep. Like, and I'm ready to that's see you face Bailey <laughs> for the world title. Uh, it's it is a little surprising to me because I mean and, and I mean this in all seriousness, the uh, Jimmy Snuka Dark Side of the Ring is coming out next week. Yeah, and hey, I, good publicity. And that's not good publicity when your dad murdered somebody and got away Alleged. with it. Uh, I'm pretty sure they decided <laughs> that he that he killed that lady, but he couldn't stand trial because uh, uh, he was too messed up in the head right before he died. So it's kind of it's kind of odd that they're giving this push to Tamina around the same time when all of this stuff about her father, all this uh, horrible, these horrible things are going to be unearthed. Uh, but despite the fact that Jason is pushing for the uh, the uh, Tamina title run quite a bit, I really thought, and maybe it was too obvious and that's why we didn't get it, but I really thought that we were going to get the Bailey-Sasha split oh, yeah. at this match. Oh, yeah. If it didn't happen at WrestleMania, is it going to happen at all? They keep throwing hints. You know, it's it just kind of makes me think of, like, the MJF-Cody thing. Like, you know it's coming, but maybe they just don't want to do it when it's obvious. I, I don't know. It's going to happen think- eventually. Well, hopefully it happens sooner rather than later because the Bailey title run, in my opinion, and honestly, just her main roster run as a whole has just been a big disappointment. I thought turning her heel would give her a little bit uh, more oomph to her character, but in in truth, it's actually made her worse, I think. I think she was doing better as uh, Ponytail Bailey with the wacky, <laughs> waving, inflatable, arm-flailing tube men. But they have been murdered... Yep. And um, now we're getting <laughs> can't wait to see uh, that dark side soccer of the mom, uh, Bailey. Can't wait to see that dark side of the ring coming forward with uh, Bailey murdering all the wacky, inflatable, arm flailing two men. And getting away with it, too. So far. Uh, our final two matches on WrestleMania Night 2, we had the Firefly Funhouse match. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, defeating John Cena in what... Could have been a shit show, but I thought ended up being a gem of of the two nights of, of WrestleMania. 
the Firefly Funhouse match saying that Bray Wyatt was going, uh, that John Cena, rather, was going to take on his greatest opponent yet himself. And we go through some of the uh, different events in John Cena's career. We got Ruthless Aggression, John Cena. We got uh, Thugonomics, John Cena. We even got uh, a hint of what John Cena would have been like in the NWO, which I think was kind of a, I think it was kind of a throwback to, or kind of a callback to the fact that there were so many years there where everybody was calling for John Cena to turn heel, and he wouldn't do it, and Hulk Hogan did it with the NWO. And John Cena kind of came out as that Hulk Hogan character, and Bray Wyatt was kind of the Eric Bischoff character. And it just—I think that was—I think that's why that was thrown in there. It kind of showed you like how John Cena could have had this whole another career uh, had it not been for uh, his unwillingness to, to turn heel. But we end up getting to the end, and Bray Wyatt victorious over John Cena. Uh, Jason, you're the uh, resident John Cena expert on this panel what did you think of the firefly funhouse match so i thought this was fantastic i still would not call it a match mm-hmm. per se this was more of definitely a cinematic performance in my world mm-hmm. um you know there was no actual wrestling match much like when cena fought the undertaker it was a clothesline a choke slam and a tombstone you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's and there was it. So, I mean, to me, this was great, though. I mean, I thought, you know, him coming out to the NWO things and, uh, you know, it, it Bray Wyatt's thing is making his his enemies face his their worst fears mm-hmm. or their negatives. Mm-hmm. Their biggest yeah. failings, yeah. And, yes, and he even mentioned that with the uh, when John Cena was swinging at him and he did the you can look but you can't touch yeah. it, it even referenced John Cena's failed uh, relationship with Nikki Bella yeah. so there was a lot yeah. I was so so many little like eccentricities in there that yeah, yeah. it was almost like a like a like a uh, psychiatrist couch session where you had to sit down and pick apart you know we had uh, the Mr. McBoss man the devil Vince character that you know, talked about the the ruthless aggression, and do you have the do you have ruthless aggression? And that, to me, that kind of represented, you know, what John Cena was in the post Rock Austin era. He was the face of the company for a decade, but can we honestly say that he never was able to replace those guys? Would you guys Would you agree with that? Correct. Yeah, Cena would Cena would have never been able to replace either one of them. But he I don't was, think anybody could have replaced. But he was the chosen one, and based on that ruthless aggression, you know, Vince kind of uh, Mr. McBoss man gave that uh, same speech that he gave in the ring, asking who had ruthless aggression, and and John Cena was going to because he was that was a time in the company when they were looking for who was going to be who were they going to strap the rocket to, and. They, they even, uh, I think Bray even referenced it too, that John Cena, when they tried to, to push him, he was a failure. He, he almost got fired. And the only thing that saved him was uh, the rapping John Cena. 
when you know Stephanie saw him doing a like a rap battle on a bus once, and they asked if he could do it on TV. So he dressed up as Vanilla Ice at the, on the Halloween episode and did a rap. <laughs> and that's the only thing that saved him. We we might have never had a John Cena era uh, because he was it it was a failure at first. The ruthless aggression John Cena was a failure at first. And I thought just the little things that that they picked apart there. You know, with the with the Mr. McBoss man, and with the you know the fact that uh, he had some success with the with the rap character, and even that part of the Firefly Funhouse match, he was having some success with Bray. You know, kind of calling Bray out on you know the Husky Harris thing, and you know, kind of that was really the only part of the whole Firefly Funhouse match where Cena kind of seemed like he got a leg up was during the the rapping John Cena part. And when you think about it, that was really his most successful part of of his whole WWE run. The the part we look back most fondly fondly on is rapping John Cena. So That's true. I, uh go ahead. Go ahead. I like I like it's just one of those things now too where so we have two uh post production matches the WWE just completely knocked it out of the park on. Um, I, I got a little worried when I was first watching the uh, Firefly Funhouse match because I actually I was like, oh, it's I thought it was gonna actually be like a match, mm-hmm. um, and I got a little worried that it wasn't. I was like, oh, this could either this could either be really really bad or maybe just a little passable. Uh, but but yeah, I think they knocked it out of the park. I think they did everything right that they were supposed to do. Both guys, you know, despite, you know, whatever you guys think about Bray, Bray is a fantastic actor. Um, I think he has a movie career coming forward that he's going to be, he'll be doing some stuff here soon. Um, But I think this was perfectly suited for him. Um, And I think it it, it showed John Cena pretty well. And it it was nice to see, I think Bray called him a bully at one point. Mm -hmm. And and I'm glad you brought that up because I had totally forgotten about that. That kind of uh, speaks to the 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 thing that I saw in that, and I picked this apart like very like psychologically, probably more than I should have because it's just freaking pro wrestling. But when when they fought at WrestleMania a few years ago, it was almost like Bray was insinuating that you. You bullied your way into winning that match. You couldn't let like the new up and coming guy win because you didn't want to get off the pedestal. That was almost like you didn't you didn't want to give the the new guy a chance because you're always put putting people down. So you use your your politics and you use your bullying techniques to win that match. When you when you know you heard the crowd at that WrestleMania match, they were singing with Bray Wyatt. They wanted yeah. Bray Wyatt to win. But the only the one person that did want Bray Wyatt to win was John Cena, and that's probably why he didn't win. So I I just saw this as just like even like when he, when John Cena was in the Firefly Funhouse and he opens the door, and it's almost like he was going into like into John Cena's mind, and and kind of going through all these different things in his life that that could have gone one way or the other and missed opportunities and that things that he he could have capitalized on if, if he really wanted to. If he really wanted to put Bray over, it wouldn't have hurt John Cena at all at that WrestleMania, but it would have 
really helped the company and it would have helped Bray and it would have helped the next generation. Uh, if he would have turned heel, it really would have helped the company. It would have helped his career, but he didn't want to do it. If he would have uh, given more with his relationship with Nikki, even, you know, that could have changed his life in a different way. I, ju I just thought that it was just brilliantly done. And it's obvious that, that Cena and Bray had a lot of input in this or some of the lines that got in there wouldn't have uh, made their way in there. Right. Um, I thought it was really cool to see, uh, like, a lot of people have said that about John Cena in the past, too, is that he, like, he never wanted to do anything that made John Cena look, you know, like, not, not, not like Not like Superman, yep. Yeah. And, and that's why he got to where he was, because he wasn't willing to make sacrifices for the company, and he wasn't willing to put new talent over, and that's why they always he would always bury new talent. And he did he did do that back when he fought Bray Wyatt. Like they wanted him to, to take that chair shot. They wanted him to hit Bray Wyatt in the head with the chair. The whole crowd wanted it to happen. They could have they but you know, John Cena wanted to go over, just like John Cena always wants to. <laughs> Jason, uh, final thought on the uh, Firefly Funhouse match. I, I thought it was great. And Will, I mean, Will nailed the, you know, he nailed it on the head where six years ago, you know, John Cena had to go over. This time we might see a different story, you know. The, you always hear about how Hogan changed his ways as he got older. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think maybe John Cena is a part of that now. And John Cena's in his 40s probably now, if I'm not mistaken. And I, I think we might be along for that ride now. Because Cena could have another 10 to 15 years left of if he only wrestles Manias and SummerSlam. Sure, sure, sure. You know, and uh, we might see that kind of his, his ride where, you know, yeah, hey, I'm here, but, you know, let's see what we do. I, another thing that uh, I was going to move on to the last match, but you reminded me of something by just by what you said there about Hogan, and it was the fact that the the whole lead up to this match, John Cena, what was he saying that he was going to put down the most overhyped, overprivileged uh, care, uh, wrestler in WWE history, and in the end. Some would say that he did put down the most overhyped, overprivileged wrestler in WWE history, that being himself. Ooh. So I told, you, chill, I told you, man, I picked this apart, like, way more. And yeah. I'm, some of the things that, that I'm saying probably are like, no, man, we, we were just, like, going out to do, like, goofy shit. Like, we, <laughs> we just wanted the John Cena to wear, like, all his costumes and everything. What are you talking about? Like, there was no, you're taking this way too right. seriously. But, I liked how uh, Nick Bossman at one point said, "That's good shit." Yep, yep. I was like, "Yeah." That's and that's great. a T-shirt now on WWE Shop. The uh, yeah. Nick, Mr. McBossman, and they even had um, uh, who was who was his uh, sidekick on the announce team? Uh, 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 Mercy, Mercy the Vulture. It was Macho Mercy. Yeah. So that that goes back to when uh, <laughs> the Macho Man and Vince were doing. Uh, commentary and an another thing uh you kind of jason you kind of drew the parallels to hulk hogan you know that's exactly who john cena was supposed to be at that old blue cage saturday night's main event throwback he yeah. was supposed to be the big the big muscled guy because that's that's what you that's what gets the push right the big muscled body it doesn't you don't you know get the body like bray wyatt 
and and get the big push. You look like John Cena, you get the big push. And there's just so many little eccentricities in there that I just that I love. But uh, going forward, it looks like Bray is, has maybe kind of regained some of his lost momentum. And we kind of alluded to the fact that it looks like we're going to see Bray and Braun based on their history. And I told you guys earlier, they both need perfect opponents to have good matches. And this could be awful going forward. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be. Because, I mean, you're not going to be able to do these you're not gonna be able to do these type of matches. Like you, you can't overdo it. You only, you know, you gotta save it for the right time. Uh, yeah, Braun Strowman just sucks. So I mean, <laughs> there's that. Hot take. I mean, that's all I gotta say about that. I mean, it's like it's he should not be like it's just man. Eh. The back and forth between so, Bray and Braun on SmackDown, if you guys have not seen it at the end of the show, Braun was awful. Braun, oh yeah. Braun was yeah. awful. Braun said uh, something like, Bray, what you're going to do is you're going to let, I'm going to let you in. And when I let you in, you're going to get these hands. Pretty good, though. And then it hit Pretty the good. music. <laughs> And everybody lost their shit. Yeah, because he said get these hands yep. earlier in the night, too. Yep. To that, Shinsuke. Yep, and that's really cool. No. No, it's not. <laughs> that's I'm not hoping, true. I hope it's such a short run. I really do. I, I'm i in the same boat as well. I, Ron Strowman cannot carry the title for long. I at, at this point, the fact that Roman could not wrestle is the whole reason... Yeah, unfortunately, is the whole reason why the Fiend lost the title in the first place. So if they're correcting the wrong, that's fine. I'll I'll accept that, you know. But at this point, we should have just had the Fiend carry it to Mania, you know. And if Roman couldn't go, that's you know that's a whole other situation. I can't shit on that. I feel but, the, I feel the same way. I I think if they're yeah, if they're correcting history here. But Jason, I know you and I, when we were chatting when that match was happening, we we I turned into the biggest Goldberg mark in the world. Yeah. I yeah, was like, we I ready. hope Goldberg crushes this motherfucker. Every spear he hit, we're like, yeah, yeah get up, Goldberg. Get him. I I, I hadn't cheered. I told you I hadn't cheered that much for Goldberg since that match against Hogan in the Georgia Dome on Nitro. And it sucks because. You know, if Goldberg would have just been, been like, "Yeah, I'll hang around," I think he would have squashed. Uh, I think he would have squashed Strowman. But the fact that Goldberg was probably like, "Nah, I'm gonna go ahead and go home." Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I'm know? good. I'm good. I'm tired of uh, like yeah. eat, eating good and working out. Yeah. Like in my fifties. Like, yeah, I mean, I, and I don't blame him. I yeah. Just, you know. I mean, it's not, I'm in it's my, his job I'm in my 30s, and I hate eating good. And, I mean, I'm a fat piece of shit, so I get it. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. You're not fat. <laughs> That's definitely true. So you say you're definitely a piece of shit, though. <laughs> uh, main event time. Drew McIntyre taking on Brock Lesnar. Drew McIntyre, after winning the Royal Rumble this year, finally gets his WWE Championship match. 
it was if you had seen the Goldberg Strowman match where it was finisher, 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 then you probably know how this match is going to go as well. It was four and a half minutes of F5, F5. Uh, what's uh, uh, what's Claymore? Claymore. F5, F5. Hit him with another one, Brock! Hit him, keep end up with F5s, Brock! F5, Claymore, Claymore, new champ. Guys, this match, this match, I wanted so much more out of this match. I don't know why I thought I was going to get so much more out of this match. But if this is the matches that Brock's going to have, and this is the, essentially the same match that he had at uh, WrestleMania with Seth last year, just without the dick punch. If this is the matches that Brock's going to have, then I don't, I don't even want to see him. Then I, I just don't care. I, I liked the match that Brock had with Daniel Bryan. I liked the match that Brock had with AJ Styles. I don't care about, about this. You know, I like the match, the three-way that Brock had with uh, Seth Rollins at John Cena at Royal Rumble a couple years ago. But I don't need to see this. And you know what's going to happen, right? The the Drew McIntyre thing isn't going to like knock people's socks off like like Vince was hoping it was going to do. Uh, Drew's probably going to be a champ for about a month until Brock comes out as a big surprise at Money in the Bank next month and, and wins the Money in the Bank. And it's just going to be a fucking rinse and repeat of what we saw last year. Yeah, I, I think... Drew McIntyre is off to a really bad start because I don't know if you noticed, but after he won that belt, he got absolutely no reaction at that, all. That is correct. The crowd so, was dead. Yeah, like, and I get it. Like, you're you've just sat through two nights of WrestleMania. Everybody's tired. There's a lot going Back on. Back off! Yeah, they got no reaction whatsoever. Um, and. All joking aside, as I think I texted you guys the other day when we were waiting for the most, the worst uh, Raw after WrestleMania of all time. Not here in uh, the World Wrestling Federation, and certainly not on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, uh, I forgot Drew McIntyre had even won the championship <laughs> until the Big Show came out, right, Will? Well, I was like, Big I, I was Show. I was like, man, I just like who, what did Drew? Did Drew win? Oh, he did win. That's how little I care about the match was awful. It was it. it I talked about it earlier with the Goldberg and Braun matches. Is like you can't continue to have your two biggest belts uh, in these these finisher matches. Like it's it's like if you go into WWE 2K20 and you like give everybody 16 finishers and then you're just hitting finishers back and forth. And the match is over in four minutes. It's like, I guarantee you, if that was in front of a crowd, everybody would have shit on that match. And they would have done the same thing with Ron and Goldberg. Exactly. There's, there's no, like, there was nothing, there was no high, high point in the match. There was all low points. It was over before you knew it. And it left me forgetting who the champion was. Jason, what are your thoughts on the main event of WrestleMania weekend? So, unfortunately, Will and I are on the same page for a lot of that. (laughs) Um, Wow. I thought especially 
after Strowman Goldberg that they would they would try extremely hard to make Brock Drew something special. I mean, I don't care if you go ten minutes, just make it seem like something special. Because I mean, I, I've been telling you guys for months that Drew is winning the title. I don't care. Listen to the archive. It's there. I win. That's great. You know, but not like this. Like, this was the most anticlimactic uh, way that it needed to go. I mean, like, oh, one of you said, we got Paul Heyman yelling, keep doing it. Keep doing it. So we got five Keep doing the F5, Brock. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. We got five F5s and, what, four Claymores? Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe a couple punches and kicks, and that's it. I mean, that's it against two of your, realistically, let's be honest, if we had to break it down, two of your top ten performers in the the entire WWE. If you let them go with nothing, I mean, two of your top ten, and that's what you come up with, I thought that was a bunch of horse shit. And it definitely ended eight hours of, WrestleMania on quite a thud to someone who watched, you know, again, eight hours of it. Well, but, I mean, I, I love the outcome. The outcome was completely correct. I agree. But it definitely just felt very flat. Yeah, I thought it was poorly executed. I thought that it was, if, if we're trying to make this be like, the, like a 10 years in the making thing for... Drew McIntyre and then having him have that big moment at the Royal Rumble and then have him, you know, get over on Brock for the most part other than a, a couple instances on the lead up to WrestleMania and then have the match go like that. Why not have, you know, a, a 10 or 15 minute match where, you know, like a like a Hulk Hogan type match where, you know, Drew comes out hot but then, you know, has to, to uh gets the crap beat out of him by by Brock who has you know pulls out all the stops and then you know kind of feeds the babyface comeback at the end and then we get the big crowning moment you know even if it's just like a claymore out of nowhere you know even if it you know seems kind of you know fluky or even then that that could even tell the story of like the rematch where you know yeah you caught a you know claymore out of nowhere and that's why you won but that's not what they did they did that they did finisher 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 you know, Drew kicks out at one, Drew kicks out at two, Drew kicks out at two, Drew hits a couple of Claymores and gets the pin. Just not the way to go, I don't think. But maybe, you know, I, and they have to know that. They have to know that's not the way to go. But maybe that's all Brock's willing to do. Because we know that a motivated Brock is a great Brock and one that doesn't have a lot, you know, on the line other than money, you know, can just kind of call his shots and just kind of phone it in. Yeah, I'm not sure. I just, I mean, and maybe that is the case. I, You read some stuff online about how Brock said he wanted to come in, film his shit, and get the hell out of yeah, there. Yeah, he wanted to be the first one. Yeah. Uh, first and, one out and, there. And I get that, but I don't know. I just, I mean, for you being, I mean, Brock, when he's on, is by far the most main event person on the show. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I mean, I don't care who's on the show. Brock is Brock. You know. Mojo and, Raleigh? No, 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 no. Mojo no. Raleigh? He's up there. He's in the top five. He's a contender for the 24-7 title. Okay. 
Thank you, for, thank, oh, thank you for agreeing with me. You're right. Thank you. But I just, you know, but I'm with Will. Like he said, it's just this was just a total letdown. And I thought for sure, I thought after we saw Goldberg Strowman that they would purposely make this better, but they did not. So, uh, my question though is, so why not? Why not put this on? Like they they had no issues putting uh, AJ Styles versus uh, Undertaker on last on night one. Why not put Cena and Bray at the end on night two? I mean, if you're gonna do your do do your heaviest like your longest matches, obviously. Uh, besides Aunt Orton and Edge, I thought Orton and Edge could have been a good match to end the night. I John Cena and The Fiend could have been a good match to end the night. Uh, why not put Drew McIntyre and Brock on in the middle or in first? You know what? You, you, the you just saying that kind of gave me the idea that this match, if you wanted to have it close a night, it should have closed night one, and you should have closed night two with the Boneyard match. Because that would have left everybody. That everybody was talking very positively about that afterwards, and I thought the, you end WrestleMania on a very positive note like that. Um, I think that you would have gotten a, it would have gone a lot further with a lot of fans. Uh, but the fact that that we led up not just one night but two nights of WrestleMania to this, and this was the ending that we got. I agree with Jason. It is the right winner. But the execution was was really poorly done. Uh, Will, to wrap up WrestleMania and wrap up this segment, what was your highlight of the weekend? Uh, my highlight of the weekend was definitely the Boneyard match. Is is like after having a couple of years of uh, Taker matches that have been kind of just left a bad taste in my mouth. Um, I, I thought an Undertaker being my my favorite wrestler of all time. I thought this was really good to see. Um, and I thought it was was very well done. And uh, walking away from WrestleMania, that was probably the thing that stood out the most in my mind. Jason, what about you? Your highlight of the WrestleMania weekend? Uh, I'm I'm in the same boat as he is with the Boneyard match, except for I'm going with the Firefly Funhouse match because I feel like anytime John Cena's in the ring, you expect him to win. Per se, you know you expect him to go over and maybe he did go over in the cinematic universe but in the end Bray Wyatt took that and that's definitely what he needed for sure isn't it it very interesting that both of you guys picked the 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 cinematic heavily edited gimmick matches I think that's very interesting I think that's I think those were the keys to the weekend Mm mm-hmm Kind of, the, I mean, kind of I mean, the glue that hold the, held the whole weekend together. I mean, I like I said, I could tell you right now that Drew was a fantastic moment, and I thought he won. And I thought even on Raw when he fought the Big Show, like they that made his moment feel bigger. If that makes sense, not because it's the Big Show, but just because hey, Drew won the title. But that wasn't the biggest thing on Mania, like it should have been. Well, my highlight of the weekend, of course, I'm going to disagree with both of you and say that it was, of course, Rob Gronkowski winning the 24-7 champion. I knew it. So you guys know how big of a Gronk mark I am. You guys should be expecting Gronk Media shirts 
for the holiday season. They've already been purchased, so just so you Don't know. Don't like that. Uh, and I got us vests, too, and fanny packs. Don't so, like that. Uh, that's my highlight of the weekend. That's the WrestleMania weekend, folks. Tell us what you thought about WrestleMania weekend. You can email us, rhinowrestlingreview at gmail.com, or tweet us at rhino underscore wrestling. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back with a few of your emails to wrap things up. This is the Rhino Wrestling Review. We are back, folks, baby! Baby! I'm back! And better than ever. Having defeated COVID-19, thanks for sticking around with us. Thanks for not abandoning ship. Here on the Rhino Wrestling Review, Dan Rhino, Will Lewis, Jason Calcivetta, brought to you by our friends at ProWrestling.com. We'll be right back. Brought to you by our friends at ProWrestling.com, the first COVID, post-COVID-19 show for myself after having uh, defeated the virus along with my lovely wife, Jessica. is Dan Rhino, Will Lewis, Jason Calcibetta. It is the social distancing version, the first ever social distancing version of the Rhino Wrestling Review. I know Will and I have done uh, some of these. Uh, we used to do, so. we did a couple social distancing shows before it was cool to social distance. Yeah. But now Definitely. that we, now we've got the tri, the holy uh, trinity here on Easter of Dan Rhino, Will Lewis, and Jason Calcibetta here on the Rhino Wrestling Review. And we've got some emails, boys. Woo! Jason Woo! says this is his favorite part of the show, so let's get into it. Now, did you disinfect these emails before you opened them up? I did not. I'm out of okay. um, uh, Lysol. Uh, that's not good. But I have good antivirus on my computer, so. But uh, <laughs> Uh, Steve in Baltimore writes in, what do you make of Ronda Rousey's rants lately? Is she trolling, planning on a return, or is she just bitter? Jason, you love Ronda. She's been talking a lot of shit about pro wrestling fans lately. Uh, my wife just yelled from the other room, and she hates Ronda Rousey. 
Jason, what are your thoughts on Ronda Rousey? Is she just trolling the fans, or is this really what she's thinking? We're all just a bunch uh, of miggity marks. I think it's a double-edged sword. I honestly think this is what she feels like. But I also think she's just, you know, ready to come back as a heel. And, and you know, I, and I think if there was not, if there were fans around and COVID never happened, you know, if you didn't look 20 pounds skinnier right now and, you know, you could breathe okay, like maybe Ronda came out at WrestleMania. And she helped Shannon Baszler. We didn't. We didn't have such a disappointing match. But since all that happened, you know, I think Ronda is just keeping the storyline going. I don't blame her, by the way. Like the fans are fucking terrible for pro wrestling. Back off! Yeah, as you said, we're the only fans that hate something as much as we love it. You know. Nobody hates pro wrestling more than pro wrestling fans. Exactly. It's the worst. You know. Like I said, I could literally no be telling you I could literally just be like, hey, guys, check this out. And you'll be like, nah, nah, it probably sucks. Like, just we don't want to watch Impact, Jason. Stop trying to send me stuff. I don't want to watch Reno Scum. Happen. Yeah, stop trying to make Fetch happen, Jason. <laughs> uh, Jason, or, or, uh, Will, you're kind of uh, the opposite on Ronda Rousey. When you heard that Ronda wasn't coming back, you kind of said, good. Good. Uh, what do you make of her rants? Do you think she's doing this to plan a comeback, or do you think this is just her being a biatch? Um, I think she's honestly she's just being. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fickle. Yep, that's right there. She's being fickle, um, and she doesn't understand professional wrestling. Like she thinks that since she's. Uh, a baby face that everybody's supposed to like her and that everybody has to like her but then when everybody realized that you're, the Ronda Rousey thing was over pretty quickly and everyone's booing her because all she does is pander to the crowd she had a couple good matches but then she really just boils down to a couple moves that she could do very well and everyone got over it really quick and turned on her like she didn't she wasn't cool with that. She's like, well, I'm a baby face. You guys have to love me. You have to cheer for me. No, I'm sorry, Rhonda. We boo everybody, no matter what, especially if you're being forced on our throats. Like, So she's just being fickle, and I hope she never comes back. I never want to see her in a professional wrestling ring ever again. Jason, it upsets me a little bit because if Rhonda would embrace the heel side of her, which is, let's be honest, that's what – that's what Rhonda is. Rhonda is a heel. She's she's always been snarky with, uh, with media. Uh, even after the whole thing with with Misha Tate, even after she pounded Misha Tate's face face in, Misha Tate wanted to shake hands with her, and Rhonda wouldn't do it in the middle of the ring. It it upsets me, Jason, because if she would embrace the heel, as if she really understood pro wrestling like she says she does, if she would embrace the heel, she could be the hottest heel in the business. And I, yeah, I agree. And I, I, part of me hopes that's what she is doing. I hope so too. You know, I think she's just keeping her name hot, if that makes sense. You know, she has a Twitch chat. Because WrestleMania was, I don't want to say not important this year, but you don't return a Ronda Rousey at the performance center in front of no fans. Yep. You know, there was a big fan there, there was a fan on the ceiling. Yeah, and it just kind of... record attendance of, of just one fan. Yep. Yeah. 
Don't tell me there were no fans there, sir. You're right. There was a couple. One at least. Yeah, one, one at least we saw. Yep. yep. Maybe they're WWE's biggest fan. You know. Same way with, uh, like, Dwayne Johnson. Stop Stop it. Get some help. <laughs> that's that's for uh, Will. I don't like your I don't like your jokes, sir. I'll do the jokes on this fucking show, sir. Uh, my, my name's sorry, in the title. Jason. I'll do all. I'll take all the funny bits if you don't mind. Uh, David in Salt Lake City writes: I feel like this year's WrestleMania was a big success, especially considering the circumstances. One of the main reasons, for me at least, is the two night format. Any chance WWE continues this in the future? Uh, we saw Wrestle Kingdom do that this year and have a lot of success with that. Uh, took what was usually like a nine-hour show and turn, and spread it out over two nights. Uh, we got to see some wrestlers wrestle twice, which was kind of cool on, on both nights. Uh, Jason, I'll let you go first. Do you see, this year was just kind of born out of circumstance, but do you see the WWE potentially using this to cash in in the future and turning WrestleMania into a two-night thing? I could totally see this if it was something that they made WrestleMania smaller. Um, instead of being at a football stadium, maybe uh, Staples Center, mm-hmm. where they, they've had a fantastic success before. Madison Square Garden. All these places where they do 25, uh, you know, guaranteed sellouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see them doing two nights there, you know. I'm not sure I can see two nights of 70 plus, mm-hmm. and even even New Japan in Japan where they are the law, you know, in that area, they did a sellout night one, and I think they dropped off 10 to 12 thousand, if I'm not mistaken, night two. Uh, but don't get me wrong, that's a huge success. That's fantastic compared to your first time. Um, WWE will never step down is the problem. They'll never go from a stadium show to, you know, hey, you know what? Let's go back to we have this, you know, the Enterprise Center here in St. Louis. Never go to 20,000 again. That would make them feel like they failed. Yeah, they'll literally do, they would rather do two nights of 45,000 with a closed off top than they would, you know. So uh, while I think this was the perfect situation to do two nights, I'm not sure I see it continuing. I'll tell you what, I think the I think the arenas would be all for it because then you're getting double the parking, you're getting double the concessions, you're getting, you know, two opportunities to, to sell merch, you're you know, filling up uh, you know, if you fill up the stadium, you know, if you do one night of seventy thousand, even if you do two nights of forty five thousand, that's still an, an extra twenty thousand tickets. Yeah. To me, and Will, I don't know if you feel the same way, but this WrestleMania this year, it was weird because of no fans, but it was so much more easily digestible over two nights. And when the first night was over, I was looking forward to the second night. Whereas if it was all one night and it was like a seven and a half hour show, when I got halfway through that show, I might not be looking forward to the other three and a half hours because I've already kind of worn out. But I had 24 hours to recover and I was ready. I was really excited about the second night of WrestleMania. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, it was a lot easier to watch this time, Um, especially since I wasn't able to catch like the first (laughs) night, like right away. So instead of having to catch up on uh, like a nine-hour show in a day, like I got to like 
cut out the fat from certain things. Like, are you ready? Yeah, but there's a lot of beef uh, out here. Kind of going back to like the, do do I think WWE is going to continue to do this? I think what you're going to see though is if they if if they would try to do this, and they would announce the cards ahead of time, you're going to see a drastic change in attendance, Mm -hmm. like on certain nights. Like which out of the two nights this week or this WrestleMania that we saw, which one did you would you think? would have gotten the higher attendance night one or night two now see i originally thought that that night two was just slightly more intriguing than night one but having watched it night two just blew away night one right but but then looking at that card ahead of time like sometimes maybe you're gonna think well shit uh i don't have enough money to go tonight mm-hmm. to both nights so I'm going to go to just night two because the card is a little bit more stacked sure. or whatever the case is. So WWE is not going to want to do that because they want to show off their fully packed stadium for their for their show of shows, yep. the showcase of the Immortals. They're always chasing those attendance records. And that's what you're going to see here in uh, next year, hopefully, um, when they go to L.A. in that yeah. brand new stadium. It's going to be one night. They're going to set an attendance record at the new stadium. Um, I, I think later. And it's going to be eight or nine hours. There, There is so some I, concern about that, too. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Jason. I was just uh, saying there's some concern about that, too, with the fact that with all the COVID-19 uh, work stoppages there, that that stadium might, might not be ready next year. Have you guys heard any of that, uh, those rumblings? I heard Tampa Bay is trying to get WWE to come back next year. Because they're very upset that they didn't get it this year. Yeah. So I mean, they have a WWE has a, a plan B if that doesn't work. They could just go back to Tampa. That's true. That's true. Or they could just do the Staples Center, like Jason said, and do you know two <laughs> nights, two two nights at the Staples Center. Honestly, you could know, do that. I think that that would sell out, you know, quite well, and you know, kind of be a, a special thing as well. Uh, Jason, anything to add on the two night mania? No, I, I, I think Will made a really good point on you got to release the card early. Because even this week or this month, like up until Saturday day, we didn't know what the hell was going on Saturday. You know, and it's like, so I like I told you guys, I planned my work schedule around WrestleMania. And, it, you know, I probably could have worked Saturday night, you know, if I really had to. Mm-hmm. Like, it would have been fine, like, but, uh, you know, if I would have been somebody that, hey, you know, let's plan a party or whatnot around this, you know, on regular circumstances, you know, if next year they go into L.A. and they say, hey, you know, I'd rather do two four-hour shows, I think most wrestling fans would be accommodating, but you have to, hey, ahead of time, that, you know, Roman Reigns versus John Cena headlines night one, blah, blah, blah. You know, mm-hmm. sorry, Will, go ahead and drop the boo for the headline, you know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, whatever night uh, that Elias is fighting Baron Corbin, that's the night I'm going to. I'm just telling you guys right now. I know. We know. Yeah, we know. We that, get it. That may throw our plans off a little bit. If you guys are really talking about going to WrestleMania... I, whatever night Elias and Baron Corbin is on, that's what I'm going to. I don't know if that messes with your plans or not. Um, if Gronk is wrestling, then that's going to be uh, you know a decision I'm going to have to make. 
because well, Gronk has to defend the 24/7 championship sometime, right? I would, th- I would think he would never lose it because he's Gronk and he's the best. Oh, okay. Uh, final email comes from Mark the Mark, one of our favorites here, and he writes: CM Punk, yeah, Hall of Famer. CM Punk seems to think pro wrestling is unwatchable without a crowd present. Agree or disagree? Will, you're the CM Punk guy. Go ahead. Uh, well, I mean, so I have a couple of things to say for this. Um, because lately, that's all we've been getting to watch is empty arena wrestling. So I will say that AEW does it very well. WWE does it not well. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think. It's very difficult to watch Raw and SmackDown with no people. It's almost as easy as watching or watching Dynamite is almost as easy now as it was when the arena was full. And I don't know what it is. Or actually, I do. It's the it's the tra- it's the wrestling from both brands. WWE wrestling is very boring to watch when there's no crowd around. AEW finds some way to make it interesting. Plus, they put some people around the stadium to give it a little bit of an atmosphere. But in WWE, it's just... It, honestly, it's just boring to watch. Now, so, Jay, uh, Jason, you kind of mentioned something that I thought was pertinent when we were talking about AEW this past week. It, they've done a... Given the circumstances, they've done a really good job of putting on interesting TV give, given what they're given the circumstances they have with, with no fans. But you said that this past week of AEW was uh, the first week that you really didn't enjoy, right? Yeah, I thought it was... I hate to say the word boring, because I've been bored with Raw and SmackDown, you know, much more than I ever am Dynamite. But I thought for sure, you know, this week Dynamite was just kind of there. It was definitely the first week where I noticed that they are... Uh, Dynamite has about eight weeks of tape shows in the can, if, if for people that don't know. And this is the first week I really noticed. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, like this is what's going on. You know, and it, was, it wasn't horrible, like don't get me wrong, but it was, it was just another episode, if that makes sense. It wasn't like, oh shit, you got to see this. So does, does that worry you that... Maybe they just had an off week, but maybe the the atmosphere of no fans, maybe that's starting to kind of wear on us a little bit. So maybe there is something to what Punk's saying? I mean, I think it's more so that, I mean, in my personal world, I'm one of those that something is better than nothing, if that makes sense. Like, Dynamite was still great to watch. I think Will alluded to us in our group chat that I watched 17 hours of wrestling from Friday till Wednesday. And, he, and he's not wrong. The worst part is he's not wrong. <laughs> you know, that's 100% true. You know, I watched I watched SmackDown. I watched WrestleMania both nights. I watched Raw. Tuesday I watched Impact. Then I watched Dynamite and NXT the next couple nights. So the no crowd is not affecting, I would say, the diehards especially. I think it's affecting the casuals more than anything. Do you think it's affecting the performers at all? 
so I like I kind of wanted to weigh in on that one. So I, I kind of feel like it, it is a little bit. Uh, just as it's like this whole situation right now is affecting everybody. Uh, and what you see is like people who are out working in the central places and stuff like that. Like everybody's beaten down and, and like depressed and like tired. We're all exhausted. Mm-hmm. And um, and I would imagine that those wrestlers, like a lot of them get a real big kick off of being able to come out and perform in front of crowds and get that reaction. Um, and can't like they're susceptible to like the weight of the world coming crashing down on them as well. So like like you could see maybe a Kenny Omega doesn't have a, an extra you know pep in his step like he usually does. Like I noticed this past week on uh, Dynamite where he kind of was just like going. He felt like he was it's going through. He was the with that fucker Nakazawa. Right. <laughs> Let's not blame Omega. No, I will <laughs> say, Will, you are the second person that has <laughs> that told me that same thing. That told me that they saw that that Kenny Omega seemed like a little less interested than normal. Yeah. yeah. It kind of seemed like he he wasn't as interested, but but it didn't seem like it for every single wrestler because uh, because then the women came out and I think they had one of the best women's matches that I've seen on Dynamite or at AEW in since it started. Agree, which was very surprising, uh, especially given but, the fact that Britt Baker was in that match. I know, which was very surprising, but uh, but I think they're susceptible to you know ups and downs just like everybody. Um, I think everybody's kind of feeling the weight of what's actually going on right now. And people in an entertainment standard that, you know, have to perform on a weekly basis, they're the only only sports going right now. Like, they're the only sports entertainment going. Like, and they know that. And I, I'm sure that weighs very heavily on them. Uh, there was something that CM Punk said in that same interview where he said that he could easily watch an MMA fight with no crowd he could easily watch an nhl game with no crowd but he felt like pro wrestling given the fact that it is predetermined needs a crowd and the crowd is what you feed off of and the crowd is what you know what tells us who our heels and baby faces are the crowd you know demands certain things and it's not it's not really the same way in the major ball sports but he feels like that pro wrestling being the only thing going right now it that's the one that of all the sports and all the the athletic competitions that's the one that needs the fans the most i don't necessarily agree with that uh i because I, I mean smart wrestling fans who watch professional wrestling are going to be able to pick up on who's the baby face who's the heel just by the antics of the wrestlers um, I think we saw last week on AEW Dynamite where Kenny Omega and uh, Trent Seven went out and tore the fucking place down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fantastic to watch from beginning to end. Didn't need a crowd. Um, but not every single wrestler is going to be go- able to go out there and captivate us by the the way that they wrestle. Because then, like this week, you got Michael Nakazawa out there. He's very reliant. Amazing. I, uh, I was going to say, he's very reliant on crowd reaction. I'm sure Orange Cassidy, um, he has, you know, he has some talent, but he is also very reliant on crowd reaction. Now, I did like uh, when Nakazawa went for the 
double jumping Ultimate Warrior clothesline, and his opponents just like moved out of the way. Like, who the fuck? What yeah. does this fucking guy think he's doing? <laughs> and he just he just bit it in the in the center of the ring. Like so. some of it, some of it is gonna be like crowd needs to be there for some of it. But then you guys got you got guys going out there who can tear the house down without anyone watching. It'll be fine. Mojo Raleigh. Oh. Mojo Raleigh. I'm just saying, Not guys. Mojo okay, Raleigh. you guys don't like good wrestling. That's all I'm just gonna say. Uh, you guys don't I mean, like Gronk. You don't like Mojo Raleigh. You don't like Bianca Belair. We like larger than life. We like larger than life stars with no with big. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's a lot of beef out here. Only on the beast. Well, I want to thank you guys for uh, coming back together for the social distancing edition of the Rhino Wrestling Review. Thanks, everybody, for downloading, listening, subscribing, sticking with us through our layoff here where I had to uh, give COVID-19 the three-second tan. Yes, COVID-19 jobbed out to to me. It did not kick out of my finisher. Uh, it tried to put me down, but like Drew McIntyre, I kicked, I kicked out of four finishers. And came back and had a lackluster victory over COVID-19. <laughs> and uh, just like Drew McIntyre's title win, nobody cared. Oh my God, oh. who the hell cared? We well, cared. Well, I appreciate it. Well, COVID-19 did leave me with a little uh, parting gift, too. I haven't been able to smell or taste anything for 16 days now. But I'm hoping and praying that'll come back. So uh, there's a lot of people that... Uh, message me and people that send emails uh you know asking where the show was at uh, i really appreciate everybody that cared enough to for you know our little uh number one wrestling show within walking distance of the uh, missouri river uh the little shenanigans that we put we try to put on for you every week that you care enough in order to to reach out and wonder where we're at we're going to hopefully be back barring uh some kind of other Tra- tra- uh, tra- travesty or tragedy yeah. uh, in the near future either or it doesn't matter uh, hopefully we'll be back uh, next week and we'll be back every week to give you just a little bit to take your mind off what's going on in the world right now uh, if you want to hear more of our shenanigans Will and I uh, have a new podcast called the Goat Podcast bah. It is not about goats. It is the greatest office of all time where we go tournament style through the top 32 office episodes of all time. You can find the greatest office of all time on any podcast platform, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, Apple, Grindr, MySpace, LinkedIn. It's on all those. Uh, You can search uh, Jason Calzabetta on uh, FarmersOnly.com. I believe he's... uh, (laughs) Uh, made himself available on there. I'm uh, available on every platform. Sir. Uh, he, he's also Big J two one nine seven on Twitter. Will Lewis is Willis at Willistein on Twitter. I'm at Dan Rhino. The show is at Rhino underscore Wrestling. Uh, we might be doing with a lot of uh, less wrestling news going on right now. Uh, we might be uh, putting some uh, watch-alongs in the in the can here. I know Jason will participate with me. Will won't because. Fickle. Ah. But I know Jason will participate with me and we'll get uh, some whiskeys and uh, 
and beers and do a little uh, social distancing uh, watch along and watch uh, some monster trucks fight each other on maybe uh, the roof of a building. Hell yeah. Uh, so thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Happy Easter to everybody. Happy Easter. He Seth is, Rollins has risen. Seth Rollins has risen, our Lord and Savior. Uh, and don't forget, even though, no, don't listen to Jason Calcibetta. It's very important that you don't kick out of each other's finishers. See ya. Hey, it's the R to the Y, N to the O, on a block like a tortoise with a slow, on a block like a baker cause I'm picking up my dough, and when I'm in the booth like I'm cooking up a O.